Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. 34 cars on the grid. Here's Jeremy Shaw for the rundown. This is round seven of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for 2022. Uh, we've got uh, 12 TCRs and 22 GS cars and two first-time pole sitters, which is kind of cool. Let's start at the back of the grid, making his... A second start in the championship with car number 15, the Belgard and Technicial Racing Audi RS3 LMS DSG. That's Preston Brown. Alongside him at the back of the grid, Roy Block in car number 5, the KMW Motorsports with TMNR Engineering, Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce TCR. Row 16, Gavin Ernstern, car number 61, the Road Shagger Rating, uh, Racing Audi RS3 LMS. That's a se- sequential gearbox car. Alongside him, Taylor Hagler, the championship leader. Car number one, Brian Herder, Autosport with Kerbag Janian, one of its uh, numerous Hyundai Elantra NTCRs. Row 15 on the outside, Victor Gonzalez, car number 99, the Victor Gonzalez racing team Honda Civic TCR. Alongside the Unitronic JDC Miller Motorsports Audi sequential gearbox, car number 17, that's Chris Miller. Row 14, AJ Must, the former snowboarder for Brian Herder, Autosport with Kerbang Janian, another Hyundai Elantra, that's car number two. Alongside Rory van der Stur, car number 19, the van der Stur racing Hyundai Veloster NTCRs. The top four cars on the grid in TCR, they are all Brian Herder, Autosport, Hyundai Elantras. Uh, on the outside of row two of the TCR grid is Mason Philippi, car number 77. Alongside him, Michael Johnson. Uh, in car number 54. And on the front row, Harry Gottsacker in car number 98. And on the pole position for the first time, but having won the last two races, car number 33 from Canada, that's Robert Wickens. Moving on to GS, Ted Giovannis will start in the 22nd position in car number 64, one of two Team TGM Porsche 718 GT4 RS CSs. Mouthful, isn't it? Alongside a Mercedes AMG for Capstone Motorsports, car number 11, that's Gary Ferreira. Row 10, Sean Quinlan, the number 43, Stephen Cameron Racing BMW M4, alongside another Porsche, the Carbon with Peregrine Racing entry, car number 93, Mark Siegel. Car number 65 will start in the 18th position, that's Brent Mosing's Marilla Racing Mercedes AMG, alongside one of uh, two core motorsports Ford Mustang GT4s, car number 59, Bob McCallion. Frank Depew in color 71 for Rebel Rock Racing. That's the lone Chevrolet Camaro GT4R in the field. Alongside him for Turner Motorsport, one of its two BMW M4 GT4s, color 96, Vin Barletta. Sheena Monk will start color 877, a JG Wentworth Racing with PF Racing Mustang. Alongside a hardpoint Porsche 718 of color 22, Nick Galante. Row 6, James Peddock, a PF Racing Mustang in color 40. Alongside Kenny Murillo, posted the last time out. And uh, race winner at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, uh, or podium finisher, I should say, kind of a 72 for Murillo Racing Mercedes AMG. Row five, Michael McCann, kind of eight, the McCann Racing Porsche, alongside the only Aston Martin Vantage GT4 in the field. That's Volt Racing's kind of a seven championship leader, Alan Brynjolfsson. 
eighth position, Dylan McAver and the second of the Turner Motorsports BMWs, Colour 95, alongside Nate Sacy, the second of the Cord Motorsports Ford Mustangs, Colour number 60. Row three, Matt Travis, an excellent qualifying run for him in the Nola Sport Porsche 718, that's Colour number 47, alongside the FCP Euro by Rika Autosport, Mercedes, Colour number 55 is Trevor Andrusco. Row two, Hugh Plum, Calibre 46, Team TGM, another Porsche 718, and the Mercedes AMG from Murillo Racing, the uh, Calibre 56, Kenton Cook. Front row of the grid for the second time in the last three races, Calibre 14, the Riley Motorsports Toyota Supra GT4, that's Alfredo Nagri from the Dominican Republic. And on the pole position, his first uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge race since 2013, uh, car number 28 for RS1 uh, in the Porsche 718 GT4 RS CS from San Diego, California, making his uh, return to this series very impressively. That would be the pole sitter is John Capestro Dubetz. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Mission and Pilot Challenge. It's the Lime Rock Part 120. John Hindoff and Jeremy Shaw in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Good to have your company. It's a tight. Uh, and very technical circuit here. Just done one and a half miles around seven corners. Turn one is an opportunity for overtaking. That's the big bend, double apex right-hander. Through the left and right-handers onto no-name straight. Then the uphill. And here we don't run the chicane for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Then the back straight, west bend. Then down the hill under the Haggerty Bridge. And onto the start-finish line. Cars are rolling out of... The pit lane, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam down along pit lane uh, with the temperatures uh, in the air, 24 Celsius and on the track, 33. Much cooler than yesterday, a little bit of cloud just keeping it uh, a little bit uh, under control. That's 77 Fahrenheit in the air, 93 on the track. And Shea Adam, have you got an empty pit lane there? still rolling out past me as you can hear in the background but all cars are moving the two cars that i'm keeping my eyes on so far for today's race we've got the number 61 that is the road shagger racing audi gavin ernstone i had a quick chat with him earlier in the day as now the pit lane is empty gavin said they've never had a podium here at lime rock he and co-driver john morley looking to try and push their way back into this championship hunt with four more races on the season including today's race they have a deal top five finish earns you an ice cream from the ben and jerry's truck in the paddock the other car to watch is the 64 team tgm porsche that has moved to the back of the grid change of starting driver it is owen trinkler who will take this car to the green flag and we are unsure whether ted giovannis will drive the final stint or not but q plum who is starting the sister car the 46 from the fourth position is prepared if he has to get out of that 46 and jump into the 64 q plum and owen trinkler they're a winning combination at lime rock park just a couple of years ago so two hours on the clock and two safety cars out on the circuits super leading round the TC category with 15 cars there and 22 GS GT4 cars uh, at the sharp end of the field. And we will keep resetting the field 
uh, if we have full course yellows. And that's going to be a real issue because Robert Wiggins put in the, fa the fifth past fastest qualifying time overall. So he should be where Trevor Andrusco is uh, in terms of the, the qualifying run. And every time we reset that, the TCRs are going to get disadvantaged by the slow GS cars at the back of the grid. So let's hope for green flags for this 120 minutes. So coming round to the green flag. Good afternoon. Uh, good morning, rather, if you are joining us here at Lime Rock Park. Good afternoon or good evening, uh, wherever you else, uh, ever you else, wherever else you are in the world. Good job I don't have to talk for a living. Porsche, Toyota, Mercedes, Porsche, Mercedes, Porsche, Ford, BMW, Aston and Porsche in the top ten. Uh, first six uh, Hyundais in TCR. Although one or two different colour schemes to help us tell them apart. Slightly overcast afternoon. Afternoon, I keep saying that morning. We will go in the afternoon. And it looks like we'll be going green next time round, Jeremy. And as far as this track is concerned, it's not just the pace of the front TCR cars that are going to be an issue for the GS. They are very quick through the first sector as well. Uh, and Robert Wiggins had the best first sector of anyone uh, in qualifying. So this is going to be really That's interesting when we get to restarts. That's right, John. The good news is there will be a split start here. So the GS cars will start ahead of the TCRs. That'll give the TCR field a bit of time for the GS guys at the back of their order to sort themselves out before they start passing them. Are you ready for the green, though? The NSX, the blue NSX, pulls into the pit lane. Two hours on the clock. And the RS1 Porsche gets ready to see the green flag. They're down towards turn one. He gets the inside. Well done to John to start with. Alfredo Nitri tries to come round the outside for Riley Motorsports. Here's the TCRs. Partway down towards the San Posey Bridge. And the screaming two-litre engines are now unleashed. And... Well, it's, all the, it's still all the Hyundais at the, Hyundais, uh, at the front of the field. They may have shuffled themselves around, but who knows, until they <laughs> go right. through the first timing sector. Good start by uh, the RS1 Porsche, though, Jeremy, and has uh, eked out a bit of an advantage on the rest of the team. Teams behind them, which is led by Alfredo Navri in that Latin America, Riley Motorsports, Toyota Super G, uh, GR, and... Bit of defence going on there as Kenton Cook back for Murillo Racing in the in the bright orange uh, AMG tries to go around the inside and there's just the cutback, the over and under. Can't get it done though, Alfredo, just a little bit too experienced for that. Nice driving by both. Indeed so, and a very good start by uh, John Capestro Dubetz, or GCD as he likes to be known. He uh, has uh, just stepped into this car. Yeah, fairly late call to do this. Good to see that car back again, having not made the trip north of the border, so pretty much took themselves out of championship reckoning there, which was surprising. Uh, but uh, JCD, uh, he told me this morning the plan was to get a good good jump at the start and pull away, but problems early on for the number 95 at Turner Sport BMW. That's Dylan McAvern. They've had uh, no luck at all in recent races. Didn't even start at Canadian Time Motorsport Park due to a crash in practice. 
Uh, Shea Adam is down there. There were certainly some tyres changed. I heard the air wrenchers. We'll get to her in a moment. Side by side again, coming down into the first corner as the BMW rejoins right in uh, behind the battle that now sees Kent Cook having gone through in the 56 Morello racing car. Uh, and Hugh Plum's right in there as well. Shea Adam, what was going on down at Turner? Was that a puncture? Uh, it looked like the left front was slightly deranged as the car came into the pit box, but no, the Michelin was all right. There was air in both of the left side tires, but they changed those ones nonetheless. Car did drop a lap on that stop, but that means that Dylan McAvern has a fresh set of Michelins on the left side of his car. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. So at the front of the field, it is the RS1 Porsche that leads now that Turner Motorsport car coming out of the final corner at turn seven. The downhill right-hander out of position and about to be eaten up by the field. Green flag pit stops here, Jeremy, are going to cost you a lap. Lap times here, uh, 53.6 uh, in qualifying for John Capesso de Betts. That was a new track record. Uh, took over the mark set previously by Owen Trinkler at a 53.9. So, yeah, that goes past very, very quickly. You are going to lose more than a lap by making any sort of an unscheduled pit stop. So, already four minutes in and already laps, plenty of laps completed. They go by very, very quickly here. Kent Cook in second, then Nigel Hugh Plum in third. At fifth for Trevor Andrusco at the moment. Yeah, so uh, Ken Cook did get past uh, Alfredo Nadri then on that last lap, and already he's made some inroads uh, toward catching John uh, Capestro de Betts at the fastest lap last time around. Did uh, Ken Cook off very, very early on now, but at less than two seconds it was last time. But this time it's extended to just over two seconds for our race leader JCD and at number 28 Porsche for the RS1 team from Florida. Uh, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about the tactics and the strategy here. Uh, this is a short track, but it's still only a two-hour race. Is that going to affect how many pit stops we're likely to see from the respective classes here? Uh, no, I, I, I would expect normal. I think TCRs can, can certainly try to do it on one stop, but if they do that, uh, there is a minimum drive time requirement for all of the drivers in this race. They're all uh, two driver teams. Uh, ma uh, minimum drive time is 40 minutes out of this two-hour race. So that means uh, that if, if you come in at 40 minutes, uh, the second driver has to do an hour and 20, which the TCRs uh, can't do on one tank of fuel. So uh, there's a decision there to be made. For GS, uh, if there's, assuming there's no full course cautions, which is the assumption we'd like to make going into the race, then they will need two pit stops during this race. New fastest lap there for our race leader, John Capesto Dubetz, 54.0 there. That's already four tenths underneath Robin Liddell's race lap record in the Chevy set in 2019. Fastest lap last year's race, by the way, was Patrick Gallagher and Aston Martin, a 54.6. So much faster than that already. And JCD extending his lead at the front of this field. So... Two hours started on the clock, and these laps, as we said, went around very, very quickly indeed. Harry Gottsacker has the fastest time in TCR, 54.5 second lap. It's 54 flat for 
the leader at the front of the field, and that is the fastest lap. So just underlining what we were saying, these cars very evenly balanced. Yeah, but already uh, the TCRs have caught the back of the GS field. Now going to have to be working their way through uh, those cars as well. I think they're up behind. Uh, Sean Quinn the last time around there's a whole string of cars ahead of them so they're moving up quickly Robbie Wickens still leads that pack in TCR but he's got Harry Gottsecker right on his bumper and right behind him too Michael Johnson in third place in car number 54 isn't it incredible John two paralyzed drivers in the first and third positions uh, Robert Wickens of course he's a, a, a very well-known name having suffered that injury in a, a, a horrendous uh, indie car crash a few years ago at Pocono. Uh, Michael Johnson, lesser known to all but uh, perhaps uh, the, you know, die-hard fans, but uh, a heck of a driver in his own right. He was paralyzed at the age of 14 in a motorcycle racing accident, but uh, that hasn't slowed him down at all. He's been racing with hand controls for many, many years. I think has actually won a race here at Lime Rock Park back in the Skip Barber school days some years ago when he, he moved out of karting, having used hand controls there as well, into cars for the first time. So great to see Michael Johnson right there in that third position. And for Michael, you know, being paralysed, uh, he's completely paralysed from the chest down. From the chest down, Robbie has got a little bit more movement than Michael does. And for Michael, it's always a problem. I mean, you, you drive a race car through the seat of your pants, certainly. Well, he can't feel the seat of his pants. So it generally takes Michael a few laps to really to get up to speed. So to be right there with the leaders in this early stages is massively impressive for Michael Johnson. So not much change at the front of the field. Track position is key here. JCD doing what he needs to do. Now the problems for the leaders in TCR begins to make themselves very, very obvious in that they are in with the GS cars at the back of the field. Robert yeah. Wiggins in that number four, uh, 33 car. Harry Gottsacker in the number 98 sitting in behind and picking their way through the back of the field. Through the first sector, they may have a little bit of advantage, but... It is so difficult, Jeremy, to pass through that first sector. Well, it really is. That's exactly right. And you know, the GS cars, they're pretty fleet on the straights, so it's difficult for the TCRs to get a run on them there. They, they make their speed through the corners. You were saying yesterday, in qualifying, Robbie Wickens, no one was faster than him through that first sector, which is the first few corners. Big Bend, uh, the left-hander, uh, and then uh, the, uh, the right-hander onto no-name straight. That is the, uh, the, the twisty part of the track here. It's a very fast racetrack here at uh, Lime Rock Park. The average speed uh, for the uh, the pole sitter yesterday uh, was uh, just over 99 miles an hour. That's pretty uh, pretty pretty good going for a mile and a half racetrack. So, Harry Gutsack. Uh, let's go to Shea Adam, who's in the pit lane with Eric Foss. Eric, it's been a very good run so far this year with the two wins on the season, but we come back to Lime Rock Park, which was the site of the first GS victory last year. How similar does the car feel to last year's machine? Uh, the car is pretty similar. I mean, working with Camarillo is always just a blessing. I mean, he's so good at setting the car up. He really knows how to make the car work around here. So at this point, Kenton's out there just trying to get a good gap for us. I mean, we're sure there's going to be a few yellows, so it's going to be interesting how strategy plays out today. Took a little bit of a gamble last year at work for us. Um, maybe we'll be that lucky this year. We'll see. I mean, there are a lot of fast cars out there, and uh, we'll just do our best to try and keep it up front. 
At any point in the season, do you guys start point racing because you are going for this championship? No, I think uh, it's always just focus on getting the best result you can. And if you do that, then you might get in the position to win a championship. And that's the approach we've taken since the very beginning with this team. And uh, we've had some success in the past, and we're just going to keep that approach and see if it brings up some more here in the future. Good luck to the 56 Marilla Mercedes. Thanks so much. And just want to shout out to Jeff Mosing. We're looking forward to him getting back soon with us, and uh, we can't wait to have him back here. Yeah, we miss you, Jeff. Yeah, Pat, uh, we echo those sentiments. So it's still RS1 in the lead of the race. Four seconds, the gap at the front of the field. Kenton Cook heads the following pack, but the TCR battle... And just looking at the TCR cars, Harry Gottsacker has taken the lead now in TCR from Robbie Wickens. Uh, and uh, those two pulled away just a little bit from Michael Johnson, who's got uh, some GS cars in the middle between them as well. So they're really holding up that battle as uh, Gottsacker goes past and Gary Ferreira. That's the 18th position overall. Also in this little uh, pack, I believe, is uh, car number 64. Uh, Ted Giovannis uh, qualified and started that car, but I, I believe they made a pit stop uh, very early in this race, and Owen Trinkler is now driving number 64 and moving his way through the TCRs and the GS cars as well. So uh, that's an interesting strategic call by that team TGM to put uh, Owen Trinkler in number 64 car so early in the game. But in the meantime, out front, it's a John Capestro Gibets turning very consistent lap times, 54 Four, 54-5, 54-6, and uh, he's still extending that lead. That's over four seconds back to second position, Kenton Cook. And at the front of the TCR field, got Saka then just sliding through into turn seven the last time around and taking the lead from Robert Wiggins for Brian Hurt at Autosport. So no team orders there. Plenty of BHA cars there. But they are basically all racing for themselves and for the championship. A championship, Jeremy, in both TCR and GS, which is very, very tight indeed. Yeah, it, it is in, uh, in, the, in the overall. Anna Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman lead by uh, 90 points over Eric Foss. Eric Foss will take over the car that Kenton Cook is currently driving. That's number 56 car in second position. And Brynjolfsson himself is running in ninth at the moment in the vault racing Aston Martin. Can't miss that car. In TCR, uh, it is uh, Taylor Hagler and Michael Lewis that lead the points table coming into this weekend, but only by 40 over Roy Block and Tim Lewis Jr. in car number five. And those cars right now, the number one car of Taylor Hagler is running in the eighth position in the class. Roy Block and number five, uh, Alfa Romeo, in 11. Thanks to Andy Blackmore once again for stalwart work, sterling work on the uh, spotters, gu spotter guides uh, for this weekend for both the races today. www.spotterguides.com follow the links to IMSA and hello to Dave Alcock as well who is uh, tuned in watching in sound and vision if you're outside of the US you can watch us flag to flag with the IMSA radio audio as well as all the pictures no interruptions and we've still got an hour and 46 minutes and 20 seconds or thereabouts to go and here's how it stands then it's still the Porsche of RS1 going down into the first corner now big bend 
Number 28 car, this is the white, gold and black car with over, I'll call it five seconds now, let's, let's not beat around the bush. JCD is absolutely setting this place alight. So a bit of cloud cover this morning and second place Kent Cook for Murillo Racing has about four seconds on the number 56 car to the 14, the Riley Motorsports Super GT4. Fredo Nadri in that Supra. Kent just going through the uphill. Oh, just the engine just the rear wheels just getting a little loose there as the engine revs rise as they go across the top of the brow. Uh, then it's after Alfredo, it's Hugh Plum for Team TGM. He's having a decent scrap. He's right there with Alfredo Nedri and he comes through the final corner with Trevor uh, Andrusco in the Mercedes AMG just a, a wee bit further back. Actually, he's just been passed uh, by one of the BMWs. That's one of the Turner Motorsport cars that has come through. Uh, That's probably the number 95 car, which is a lap down. That's oh, the car that made that pit is. stop early on. So Dylan McAvern yeah. is back in the fray, but he's uh, uh, just uh, just one lap down to the race leader. So uh, he's got he's, he's running in that battle for, uh, for third and fourth just ahead of him. But then the two leaders are quite a long way up the racetrack. You've had John Capestro de Betts now the race leader is just about to lap or in the middle of lap, beginning to lap the TCR cars at the back of the field. Already 16 laps completed. So that uh, car from Turner with that unexpected stop at the beginning to left side Michelin tyres she told us, didn't she? And... That means they're going to stretch just a little bit, but not very much. So that's really a massive disadvantage for them. They'll be looking for th something tricky. Track position being so important here. If there is a full course yellow a safety car, they've got. They, I presume they'll want to stay out. Yeah, they'll have to stay out and get the the lap back. Yeah, yeah well, yes, indeed. And, uh, yeah, that makes uh, strategic decisions more difficult yeah. around here because uh, if you come in uh, out of sequence, you're going to lose a lap. But uh, most of the other tracks we race at, if you're you know, reasonably close to the leader, you can come in and make a pit stop and stay on the, late, on, on the lead lap. But uh, there's uh, Rory van der Sur, uh, running a little bit wide uh, uh, in that uh, big battle going on for third position in TCR that is bottled up behind both Gary Ferreira in the Capstone Mercedes, car number 11, and the number 93 car bomb with Peregrine Racing Porsche. Those two running in GS, uh, but these leaders in the TCR just can't find a way past them. It's really frustrating for that battle, although uh, Chris Miller has actually now moved to put through that, that little pack and got himself up into third position ahead of Michael Johnson in the... Uh, and Mason Phillippe right behind his teammate as well. They're battling as they head down towards Big Bend. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, tried to go around the outside there, did, uh, did uh, Rory van der Stur around the outside of, I think that was probably uh, AJ Muss, actually. Uh, didn't quite work out for him. Nice try. Uh, plenty of time left in the race. Uh, Front-wheel drive car pulled itself back on again. All of the TCRs front-wheel drive. And uh, two-litre four-cylinder engines, transverse mounted. 
three uh, four-door sedans or five-door hatchbacks. Yeah, and just watching the lap times of the leader, all of a sudden that gap that was uh, around about five seconds is now down to 2.2 last time around. That's because uh, JCD is having some difficulty um, working his way around some of these TCR cars as well. So uh, that's uh, enabled Kenton Cook to close in somewhat, but uh, he's still got a pretty handy lead. And uh, Kenton Cook in that second position is about five seconds clear of Alfredo Nadri, who continues to uh, stay ahead of Hugh Plum just. This battle, though, for third position in TCR. Still bottled up behind the number 11 and the number uh, uh, 93, but uh, they are scrapping amongst themselves. So the situation then is the leader is right. Uh, well, actually, he's not. He's, he's got some clear track at the moment. Uh, number 28 RS1 Porsche just going down the back straight at the moment towards the west end of the circuit but he's about to catch up with a huge battle of TCR cars that are battling for where are we? Uh, battling for 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th so that's the battle that we've been watching that leaders now on the front straight and has got that battle ahead Ken Cook's come through a couple of cars as well so traffic giveth traffic taketh away five seconds down to 2.8 now out to 3.4 this is a very good drive by JCD very harsh circuit on tyres here so pacing yourself in the early stages of any stint is uh, really important Jeremy uh, true that uh but uh, yeah, the, the Porsche uh, has uh, you know it's 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 uh, it's pretty good on his tyres. It's probably better than, than most. That mid-engine layout is certainly beneficial in that respect. Uh, but uh, it's, 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 this is uh, JCD's first time here at Lime Rock since 2013. He drove some uh, some some uh, ST uh, sports tuning races back uh, back in those 11, 12, and 13. Did 21 races back then, but hasn't raced in this championship since then oh. nor has he raced here at Lime Rock since then was that the uh, Miller, was that the JDC Miller car I thought that road? was the 17 car off of turn one just got a quick yeah. flash of the black and yellow go to share in just a moment but the number 17 car off at the side of the circuit drivers left as that button went through Chris Miller then dropping out of fourth position now, did he jump or was he pushed? We'll try and find that out for you as we head to pit lane and share Adam. Down here at Capstone Motorsport with Chris Wilson. Chris, you have been involved in this bronze cup all year, but it's times like right now where Gary Ferrara needs to be most careful with the TCRs coming through. What can you tell him on the radio to help him from watching these TVs? Yeah, he just has to run his pace. Obviously, we've got a great spotter in Steve Welk over there in turn one telling him, hey, you got one, two, three, whatever it may be. Um, he's got good eyes in the sky leading him through it all, and he just has to run his pace and, you know, keep doing what he's doing. He's doing great out there. You guys have been doing great all year, well up within the top ten of the championship hunt. Are you looking at that at all or just looking at Bronze Cup? Of course you're always looking to stay in the top ten overall. Um, yeah, our focus is the Bronze Cup, but, you know, sure, we want to try and finish as high as we can, no doubt. Hey, good luck today and keep having fun. Thanks.
Hello to Dave Alcock joining us vicariously, as he says, on the global stream uh, with IMSA radio commentary. Brian, Red vs R, not watching, but certainly listening to what is going on. So what happened to the UDC car as they got sideways? Now, was that too quick or was that a bump from behind as the... Miller Motorsport car went through turn one. Hard to see from what we've just seen. The Litman Molly car, the JDC machine, going again. It would be the right rear if there'd been a touch, but ended up on the outside, the left-hand side of the circuit. Not seeing any witness marks there, so maybe it was just the tyres at the back not following the front wheels round too much. That's dropped a lot of ground, I'm afraid, for that number 17. And Chris Miller runs down in 12th uh, of the 12 TCR cars. Yeah, there was a, a lot of uh, cars in that mix there. there at least two Brad Herder Autosport cars there. Michael Johnson and uh, Mason Felipe were right in that mix. Uh, so we're uh, not quite sure whether he got a helping hand or not. It looks like he probably did. Because one of the cars was diving down the inside. And... Um, there wasn't a lot of room there, so it might have been a little bit, been a little bit of contact there for Chris Miller, but uh, good news is he has got going again. Uh, and now the uh, the overall race leader working his way uh, through this pack of uh, TCR uh, podium contenders. All of a sudden, now AJ Muss has got himself up in a third place in that class. Yeah, he's, he's done that quite quietly, Jeremy, and just worked his way through there, making sure he hasn't got in anybody's way, he hasn't damaged any of the bodywork. That's, uh, that's a pretty good drive from AJ in that number two. Brian Hurd at Autosport Elantra. Leader on the front straight again, coming to complete another lap. That's lap 26. They go by very quickly here. Yeah. Very quickly indeed. And it's going to be traffic all the way now. He's right in behind the Van der Stur, Roy Van der Stur racing car. That's fourth place in TCR. The gap's back down to about two seconds again. Kenton Cook now has to come through. Always a bit more difficult, Jeremy, for the leader because he catches everybody first and sort of wakes them up and, and has to make them think about something other than their own battles, effectively. Yeah, very true. And uh, he's... Uh because of that, Kenton Cook uh, is uh, able to close that gap again. He's working his way through that traffic. Of course, he's uh, a lot more experienced in terms of, of uh, the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, having done most of the races this season, but not all. He is stepping in for uh, Jeff Mosing, who picked up an injury away from a track earlier this year. Uh, but uh, for JCD, you know, he's done lots of driving in all sorts of different series, including the Lamborghini Super Trofeo series this year, which we've had, he's had a fair bit of success. But great to see someone like this getting getting this opportunity to drive a car like this RS1 Porsche. It's it's a proven front-running car, and he's absolutely making the most the, the best use of it. I do think the the Boxster and the the Cayman are such a beautifully balanced car. If you've ever looked at the road cars, both on the the convertible, the Boxster and the Coupe, the Cayman. You actually can't see the engine. So you've got a luggage compartment up front. You've got a, a little trunk at the back on the Cayman and the Boxster. But there's no sign of an engine. There's somewhere where you put the coolant. There's somewhere where you drop a bit of oil in when it tells you to do that. But there's no sign of any oily bits. 
That's because it is a flat six that's mounted so very, very low in the middle of the car. I'd say Jay Moss, from that third position we were talking about, coming into the pit lane, this is early. Now, is this a drive-through? Irresponsible, uh, it's incident responsibility, rather, with the 17. So that was the uh, Chris Miller incident at turn one earlier on, Jeremy. And AJ Moss, we thought he'd stealthed his way through. Well, he'd been a little bit more hip and shoulder than we'd realised. Uh, yes, indeed. I thought there were, the, I said there were at least two uh, Brian Herder cars there. Clearly, there were three uh, where there was room for two. I think it's probably the most likely scenario down there at, uh, on the entrance to Big Ben. So, yeah, he's going to have to serve a penalty as the uh, former Olympic champion, well, Olympic uh, snowboarder. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, he, I tell you what, he's, his driving has really improved this season. He's from San Clemente, uh, California, represented the U.S. in the 2018 Winter Olympics. Uh, but he's taken to motor racing and, and is, you know, getting up to speed very quickly indeed. OK, you're going to make mistakes. He probably made one there, but he's shown very, very good speed to get himself up and make several passes in the early stages of this race, John. Listen, nobody's saying it was deliberate and uh, race control aren't saying, saying that either. In the rough and tumble of going down into turn one when you've got three cars across the track, uh, a, a tiny little touch even on these front wheel drive TCR cars just unsettles the car it's these guys aren't pottering around Jeremy they're on the absolute ragged edge of adhesion and it only takes a, a little nudge to push them over the edge and it, it appeared that that was the kind of incident that we saw there and as I say nothing deliberate from from AJ but he has caused someone else to lose position that's why it's called incident responsibility uh, and that's why it's being called by race control and they by the way have far more angles on what's happening than we ever get to see on the world feed 90 minutes to go just over here's how it looks it's still rs1 leading it was five seconds it went down to just on two back up to four back to two now it's six again that is the nature of the beast here at lime rock park jeremy Yes, it is, because the Kenton Cook uh, then had to, to deal with that traffic as well, so he's lost uh, what uh, JCD had lost a few laps ago. Uh, so that gap has, uh, has uh, drawn out again, and now Kenton Cook, uh, he's, his lead of almost seven seconds over Alfredo Nadri in third place has been halved as well. So there's another, just a look at that, it was AJ Moss, apparently it was diving down the inside there, that huge uh, group of, of, of Brian Herder, Hyundai's going into Big Bend and just tagged the right rear of uh, of uh, Chris Miller. Yeah, it looked like he might have even been locked up there, Jeremy. Knew that he wasn't going to get in there. It's a, a big wide entry into turn one into Big Bend. And it does look like you've left the door open. Eventually, the car in front is going to have to turn, of course. So, again, it, it's part of racing. And anybody who gets through racing without having a penalty called on them once in a while, probably uh, isn't racing as hard as they really should. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to in any way justify anybody's bad behaviour, but that wasn't bad behaviour, that was just a little mistake. Perhaps being a little ambitious, but you still have to take the penalty for that. So seven seconds now at the head of the field for the number 28 RS1 Porsche carving their way through traffic at the moment and 
in a moment or two we'll hit another big gaggle of TCR cars <laughs> yeah they tend to hunt in packs don't they the TCRs three Mustangs together coming through the final corner up the front straight if you're a blue oval fan get your cameras out right now as through they come across the start finish line right now that's Sheena Monk in the 877 the green and white car James Pesek in the pink number 40 PF and Core Motorsports Bob McCallion in the 59 we'll keep an eye on that as Shea brings us up to date with more from the pit lane down here with the points leader in TCR, Michael Lewis. Michael, this place was a very good race for you and Taylor Hagler last year, a win. You've got four seconds on the season. Don't you think it's time for another one? Yeah, that's right, Shay. It'd be nice to get a, to get a win or obviously a second, but uh, right now we're just kind of fighting for the top five, and uh, we're here in this battle station in the pit lane looking at all these monitors and just watching Taylor around. I'm trying to see how her line is, trying to anticipate what the track's going to be when I get in, but she's doing a great job and up to, I think, six right there, you know, for top five right now. So, yeah, it would be, be awesome to get a win and uh, repeat, but let's just focus on what we can get right now. This TCR battle is so frenetic out there with all the starting drivers, and it seems to change pace a little bit when the finishing drivers get in. Do you learn anything from watching the battling now? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching these cars and where they're being placed. You know, uh, the finishing and starting drivers are both pretty solid. So, uh, you know, I trust some of these guys and uh, seeing what they're doing, I'll kind of like, you know, look at that and see what I can do for my stint. And then uh, if it's a calm stint, I'll just focus on my lines, try to try to catch whoever's ahead of me. But uh, when there's traffic, maybe I can learn something here. And uh, that's what I love about this track. And I hope the fans are enjoying it. There's a lot of chaos and uh, I kind of feed off of that. And maybe we can make some big gains. Good luck when you get in the car. Yeah, thanks so much, and uh, hope, hope Hyundai's up there. Hopefully it's us, but let's try to get one of them up there. Just under 90 minutes still to go. Murillo 56 in second place. The orange AMG GT4 of Kenton Cook. And off for the 40. That was the one of the cars that was battling for 13th, 14th and 15th position. Actually, no, it was uh, 8th, 9th and 10th, wasn't it? Uh, the Core Motorsports car. They were, well, the 59 has got back on the track and does not come into the pit lane. That was at the final corner. You don't often get away without damage there. And we have gone full course yellow for that incident. Uh, remember the three Mustangs, the 877 of Sheena Monk was battling uh, along with Bob McKeelian in the number 59, who's the car that went off. Uh, and I think the 40 still in the grass. Yes, it is. That's dropped down. That's James Pesek. He's not happy. So two of those three Mustangs have come to grief at the final corner. And with just over half an hour gone, let's call it 33 minutes, we have a full course yellow. Really shame for that uh, PF Racing team. They're running fourth in the championship. They had a really good season. They won the race at Sebring. They had a little bit of bad luck uh, in, in round five of the championship at Watkins Glen. But other than that, they had a really good season. And I'll tell you what, James Pesek is not somebody you want to get on the wrong side of. He's a former fullback at uh, Iowa University. So a very accomplished uh, football player. Let's have a look and see if we can see maybe what happened. Ooh, there's the Alpha taking a, uh, an off-course excursion. I don't think it was anything, that was anything to do with him. Yeah, the incident uh, but, between uh, the two Mustangs. Yeah. yeah, it happened on the way into the final corner, Jeremy, because James Pesek yeah. was in the guardrail. Uh, 
coming in, he, ah, right, okay, he was trying to turn in and Bob McKillian uh, came through on the inside uh, and there was side-by-side contact. That's yeah. going to be a tough one for race control to sort out. Well, yeah, I mean, Michaela was going down the inside, coming down the hill, but it, it looked from that brief onboard as if he, as, as if Michaelian kind of moved moved across onto uh, onto the path of Pezek and kind of pushed him off the racetrack. I don't think, I think Bob was trying to get back towards the left-hand side of the racetrack to give you the preferred line through that downhill turn there, the right-hander, but I don't think he gave James enough room there. That be that was my initial perspective on that one. I have to wait and see. Maybe we can see that one again, but. Uh, I think that would certainly explain why James is particularly unhappy. And uh, this will take them out of the championship reckoning now. And that's a great shame because uh, he was doing a nice steady job there in the, in the mid-pack. He'd been handing that car over to Chad McCombie, who's a very accomplished driver, a former series champion in the ST class uh, a few years ago. Uh, with, uh, with Stephen McAleer, actually, who's going to be driving the car that's currently leading this race shortly. Alfa Stelvio as one of the intervention vehicles, Alfa Romeo Stelvio. I, think I saw my first Alfa Stelvio at this circuit about three or four years ago when they first came out. It's one of the Miller Motor Cars supplied circuit vehicles along with the Chevy trucks and our AMR safety team and the Porsche Cayenne intervention vehicle. All down there at the final corner. Under review, that incident involving James Pesek and Bob McCallion. Pit lane has not yet opened, and when it does, it will be for all of the cars in one go. There is no class split. Uh, sorry, uh, yes, it, will be, it will be for GS first, and then TCR afterwards. So the GS cars will come in first. Uh, and we're getting the pass around at the moment. So if you're trackside and you're seeing people going through with double-waved yellows, uh, that is any car that is between the uh, leader and its own class leader, any of the TCRs being allowed to go through. Now, there's some concern, Jeremy, about the barrier there on the turning to to the downhill right-hander at the end of the lap. Yeah, it was a pretty stout hit there that uh, James Pezek took. He was just sort of you know, cannonballed off into the right-hand side of the racetrack there, and and um, it's it certainly isn't a place where you have many instances. There's often instances on the exit of that corner, but not often going into the corner. And there was other there was a scrape touch, there. There was a touch from one of the Hyundais onto the Alpha uh, that was a, a completely separate incident. Uh, to the two Mustangs getting together, but there was a wee bit of hip and shoulder going on there. So slight mistake by Pesic, I think, coming out of West yeah. Bend, he got his left-hand tyres on the dirt, and that compromised him on the Haggard, under the Haggerty Bridge. McKeelian saw the opportunity to go down the right-hand side, the inside, and I think he would have been all right because he was nosing ahead, but as you said, Jeremy, looked like he tried to go back to the left onto the the racing line, and Pesek was still there. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think he just didn't really... He thought he was clear, and he wasn't. Uh, and the, the, the road does sort of curve slightly to the right there. In any case, it's not just a, a, a straight corner, so to speak, a 90-degree corner, although that's what the, the corner goes through pretty much uh, in, in, uh, in 
ultimate terms. Uh, but there's a bit of a kink there, and uh, I think uh, Michaelin there just didn't give enough room on the outside, and I think he'll probably be called for that. Again, not something he did deliberately, but one of those instances, you, you just got to pay attention going down that hill and into that corner. It's a flat-out corner just about. It's yeah. seriously fast, and if you're compromised on the on your entry, which he would have been because he was, on the, he was just making that pass, then it's going to cost you time in the exit. So you, you want to try and get across to the left-hand side of the road before you make that right-hander. But you've got to make sure you were clear of the car that you're dicing with. And it looked like he wasn't, well, he clearly wasn't in that instance. Uh, and just a note, by the way, as we're in full course yellow now, it was Tony Menard from Michelin who waved the green flag uh, today. It's his last weekend as race of director of motorsport for Michelin North America. He's been a good friend to us and many times he's allowed us to stick a microphone under his nose. We'll try and do the same again later on today in our Michelin countdown to green as we head to the pit lane and the share Adam where we've got GS pit stops. We're seeing fuel and tires done for most of these cars, but no driver changes as of yet. The first car to go is only fuel. That's the 65 Murillo Racing Mercedes. Fuel and tires with eight Macan, the 56 Murillo Racing Mercedes. The Turner Motorsport number 95 BMW is back in Dylan McAvern getting four tires this time. The 60 Mustang is in. That is Luke Mars. 877 of Sheena Monk, that Ford Mustang, also fuel and tires. Fuel and tires for Hardpoint and Nola Sport in both of those Porsches. Nobody else came on in the pit lane, but we do have drivers up on the wall. So once the minimum time has been met, not this time around, but the next time, we should see GS cars back in when the pits are open for everyone. Yeah, big damage to the left front of the pink Mustang on the back of the flatbed. Left front and left rear will need some remedial attention there when that car gets back and that's not coming back in this race with just an hour and 20 minutes to go. Yeah, and significantly there, John, uh, an hour and 20 minutes to go. So the 40 minutes oh. uh, minimum drive time has not yet elapsed. It's it's around about now, actually, that it has. And we're now seeing some of the TCR cars coming in. They can make that driver change. and they, with this full course caution, might be able to get to the end from here. It's super tight for them. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the leaders did get an opportunity to come in. So they're all in now, I think, in the TCR cars. I think probably pretty much all of them, except for Victor Gonzalez, once again, stays out in car he 99. He's a, he does. He does it every time. He does. And he has, he's having too much fun out there in that number 99 car. So he will take over the lead in that class. But for the GS cars that were in last time around, they could take on fuel and tyres if they wanted, but they could not make the driver change, so they have to come in again shortly. Yeah, they may come in when it's open uh, at the end of this lap for, for everybody. Shea Adams watching the TCR stop. Unfortunately, Nola Sport thought that the pits were open this time for GS there and doing their driver change, so that will be a penalty for pitting out of their sequence. But everybody else, as far as TCR is concerned, except for Victor Gonzalez coming into the pits, fuel tires and driver changes up and down the pit lane. I should say fuel and front tires because the back tire is just there to keep the exhaust off the ground. Right, John? That's what Martin Herman always says. And he's watched more TCR racing uh, in his commentary career than probably any three or four of us put together. They've all managed to get out before the blue NSX comes onto the start-finish line. Here comes the residual 
uh, stops and in comes the leader. Now this is all down to the fact that another lap is another minute and 30 seconds and that's taking them over the 40 minute drive time minimum. Shea Adam, you've got the leaders in GS coming in the pit lane now. Yes, we do. And for the 28 RS1 Porsche, this is Stephen McAleer getting in. JCD is out. We've got Alan Brynjolfsson out of the Volt Racing Aston Martin. Trent Hinman taking over. Robin Liddell getting into the Rebel Rock Racing Camaro. Uh, for Frank Depew, who started that car. And Alfredo Nagery out of the Toyota that started in second. Tiago Camilo taking over that one. We've also got Vin Barletta out of the number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW. And Robbie Foley in for the duration. Hugh Plum out of the 46 Team TGM. And Matt Plum in. In. I'm going to keep an eye on Q and see what he does in between these stints. That was a very short pit stop for TGM. Very good service. Quick tires change. Only the left sides and lots of fuel. They jump just about everybody else in the pits except for RS1. It was a good stop for FCP Euro as well. The 55 gaining a few spots with Mike Skeen now behind the wheel. But now I need to keep my eyes open for the cars that did fuel and tires the last time that they were able to come in for GS and did a quicker stop here than first one of those that I saw was the 56. Eric Foss is now in that car for Kenton Cook. And John, you'll have to tell me where he cycles back out. Yeah, I'll tell you, they didn't get turned into their pit as close to the wall as they wanted to. And that meant the fuel hose had to be really stretched to, to get another dab of fuel in uh, whilst Eric was getting into that car. They were in 22nd and 13th in class so in comes Owen Trinkler again and this will, I reckon this is a top up to try and get him to the end of the race Jeremy no this this will be the handover to nope. uh, to um, Ted Giovannis who, who hasn't driven much yet in this race All right, I see. so not quite sure why they wouldn't have made that change when they came in a couple of laps ago uh, Shea, Shea could tell us no, 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 guys. Owen started the car. Uh, he had to do a drive-through penalty, so he has not yet gotten service for this 64 Porsche. This is fuel and four tires. Owen is staying aboard. I fully expect Hugh Plum to take this car to the end of the race. As I told you about in the uh, beginning moments of the race, that Ted Giovannis was feeling quite ill this morning, and so Hugh is expected to potentially drive both should Ted not be able to. Ah, okay. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Shit. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the booth here for this race, which still has an hour and 15 minutes to go. Final wave by is just being set up, and when it is, it will be the number 72, Marillo Racing, AMG GT3, with Kenny Marillo behind the wheel. He has not stopped, neither has the TCR car behind him, and that is Victor Gonzalez. But we will have the GS cars cycling to the front. So Victor won't get to stay in second behind the safety car. But he's not going to get a, a wave by either. Because he is genuinely in second position. So he doesn't get to, to drive by. So I reckon it'll be Murillo Racing's Mercedes AMG from... Michael McCann and McCann Racing's Porsche. Then Nate Stacey for Core Motorsports. So 72, 8, 60. Your top three behind the safety car once we reset the GS field. Then it'll be hard points, number 22 in Nick Gallant. Then Stephen McAleer for RS1, the car that was leading before this pit stop cycle. So that, Jeremy, hasn't worked for them 
at all uh, in uh, in staying out and uh, and taking the single longer pit stop. Um, sorry for who? For the former late leader Stephen McAleer's car, the 28 car. Right. Yeah, uh, and it's you know, the, the 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 key is you know, who's who's changed drivers and who hasn't, and you know, not all of the uh, GS cars have changed drivers. I think most of them have. But uh, number 22 car doesn't seem to have changed driver. Uh, Northern number eight, nor of course number 72 that hasn't yet been onto pit lane. Jim, uh, Bob McCallion is into pit lane now. He's he got that he he as a result of that incident uh, at at uh, the downhill did go a lap down. He got that lap back when all the other leaders pitted. So now he is coming in to hand over that car to uh, Billy Johnson. Two tyres only. Two tyres only and. Bob wandering around the front of the car then when he should have been going around the back and Billy Johnson trying to get away. It was left-hand tyres uh, only uh, on that car to try and stay on the lead lap and he might just do that. He comes out in front of the French Blue NSX and Sheer Adam has Harry Gottsacker down in the pit lane out of his Hyundai. Harry, that looked like such a fun TCR battle. One of the top ten of the, the century for you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun out there uh, running with Robert. Uh, you know, we managed to pull a nice gap on the rest of the field. Uh, we were just out there keeping it clean, having a good time on this beautiful racetrack. It seems like the Hyundais are having more fun battling each other than dealing with any of the other cars. Do you feel like maybe this will be another Hyundai sweep of a podium? Uh, you never know. Fingers crossed. Uh, but, you know, we're a good team. Uh, we like to work together, and uh, we'll see it out through the end. Still fighting for this championship also. That's got to be in the back of your mind too. Most definitely, yeah. Finishing uh, all the races is definitely uh, a big part of the championship contention and hopefully we can just get a good finish. Good luck. Thank you. So coming back to green, let me just run you down the restart order. As we said, 72 Mercedes from Murillo, McCann Racing's eight, Porsche, Ford Mustang 60, Nate Stacey in the core motorsports car, then hard points Nick Gallant, they all bar the first car, have pitted uh, in those cars I've mentioned, as is Stephen McAleer, he's changed drivers as well that's fifth position and Matt Plum in the 46, he's changed over from his brother as well who started the race, and now it's down to Kenny Marillo, no new tyres for that car, Kenny started the race probably still got maybe 10 minutes in that car, maybe a little bit more before he has to come in to make the final pit stop for that car he might be just looking to have stretched the fuel a little bit to make that uh, he only needs to make one more pit stop everybody behind him I think also well everybody will in GS have to make one more pit stop, it's just a question of when and if we get more full course yellow. One hour and 11 minutes to go. Lime Rock Park, the Lime Rock Park 120 for the IMSA Mission and Pilot. Challenges a touch between the second place, Michael McCann, racing Porsche, the red, white and black car. And immediately that puts him offline as he ran into the back of the leader there, going into the West Bend and side by side down the front straight, Nate, Tacey, uh, Nate Stacey for Core Motorsports and three across the track here as the early leading RS1 Porsche now in the hands of Stephen McAleer passes the Mustang and goes into third is challenging for second and will take second 
through the right hander now on the wrong side of the left hander the Mustangs coming back the race for RP number 60 car but Magalia confirms himself in third position really interesting exchange there Jeremy that all started on the entrance to the West Bend one lap ago when Michael McCann was trying to pressure Kenny Murillo into a mistake and ends up losing a position himself Hold on there ahead of uh, Stephen McAleer but uh, this is some super battling going on there. There is uh, Trent Hinman in the thick of that battle as well now in number seven car, having taken over from Alan Brynjolfsson. That's the vault racing Aston Martin. That is a championship leader coming into this weekend uh, by about uh, nine, by 90 points over Eric Foss, whose car currently is running in the... Ooh, where is he? Down in the 15th position for car number 56. So that... Uh, sequence of stops did not work out in their favour did they came in twice first of all to uh, top up with fuel and then to change drivers in kind of a 56 but uh, Eric Foss has got some work to do he's got to go to the end he's got a fuel save like mine and go to the end off the circuit the number 55 AMG uh, GT4 and that was Mike Skeen the FCP Euro by Rika Autosports car that was uh, coming through turn one into turn two, the big bend into the left-hander. Bit of grass tracking there for Mike Skeen. He's back on the circuit now. Uh, Billy Johnson being in and out in the core. Motorsport number 59. That car, as Jeremy mentioned, is just on the end of the lead lap. And that's two pit stops that have been completed by that car and again I suspect that that's another top of trying to can they go an hour and eight or now nine minutes I'm not sure uh, drive, they'll need yellow they'll need yellow yeah drive through uh, for Tyler Gonzalez in the Vandister racing Veloster Shea Adam can tell us what that was all about uh, it was basically not getting the pit stop done quickly enough, John. When they took the left front tire off, they left it in the pit exit area of the box, and they made no effort to try and move it out of the way in a timely manner. So it impeded the car behind who was pitting from being able to leave his pit box in a timely fashion. So that pit stop penalty was, in effect, to do with the crew, not the driver. Uh, yes, we're effectively working outside the equipment outside of the uh, dedicated pit box area and that's the drive-through that's been just been served. Jim Pesek out of the race for PF Racing contact with the barrier on the way down to the final corner still waiting to see if there'll be any repercussions there for this side-by-side -side contact with Bob McCallion in the number 59 Mustang that was the 40 and the 59 Mustangs that came together right behind Sheena Monk in the 877 JG Wentworth racing car which is now in the hands of Carl Marcelli and running in 12th position they were battling just on the outskirts of the top 10 when that happened that caused the only full course yellow of the race we just had a change for the lead John with uh, Stephen McAleer taking advantage Lovely. of the fact that uh, that Kenny Murillo tried to carry a little bit too much speed into Big Ben, ran a little bit wide. That's all the gap that uh, Stephen McAleer needed to move on through there. So 28 car back into the lead of this race with its driver change completed. And uh, they're looking really, really good at this stage 
in the game. And that, of course, is one of the cars that elected not uh, to come in on the initial opportunity to do so, like, like quite a few other cars did. Uh, they came in after that to make their driver change. Uh, and it's worked out really in their yeah. favour. Now, Stephen McAleer, he's clearly got a, a really quick car, taking full advantage of it as well. Liddell the way, down a... the inside to turn number seven. Fantastic manoeuvre on uh, on Matt Plum, the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro, the Urban Grid car, moves up into the position. Remember as well, Stephen McAleer with a performance advantage on his tyres. Kenny Marillo started that car, and therefore those Michelins have done 51 laps. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the, the uh, Turner Motorsport BMW is in the mix there for kind of third position on back. Number 95 cars, that is still a lap down. Wasn't able to get its lap back during that uh, full course caution period. So it's in amongst that lead battle, but not for for, for position. Dylan Backerman still driving, uh, showing the still driving at number 95 car. Yeah, and, and that's a very good point, Jeremy. It caught me out earlier on when I was uh, looking at the cars rather than the timing screens as they came past us. So the leader then, Stephen McAleer for RS1. And he is coming down to complete another lap now, goes across the line. Then the battle for second, third, fourth, fifth on down. <laughs> well, it's yes. Kenny down Marillo doing a good job with those old tyres, Jeremy, helped by the fact that everybody else is having such a big scrap behind him. That's right. There's, there's, a, there's at least a dozen cars, probably more than that, in this big long train there, all the way back to Tim Probert, who once again is doing a super job there, hanging on to the trail, uh, the, the tail of that group there. So we've got Marina Racing uh, Mercedes at the front and back of that huge group of cars. Number 72 car is Kenny Marilla, still in second place, as you say, having not yet made uh, a pit stop, uh, but uh, everybody else behind him has. Uh, and the trail of that car is number 65, that is uh, Tim Probert. How long can Kenny Marillo go? The window is closing. And what ideally what he wants is somewhere around about the hour is to have another full course yellow, which would bring everybody else in. And therefore, he'll hold on to his position. That's the dice that he's rolled. That's the bet that he's making with the racing gods at the moment. Oh, a little touch on Plum. Onto the back of the Urban Grid Camaro going in the braking area of Big Bend and Robin Liddell got very sideways but holds on to sixth position. Matt Plum pushing hard but he's under pressure from yeah. Trent Hinman in the bright yellow. Aston Martin, the vault car going through, through the right-hander and Plum is off the track and I think he was ushered off by the next car back. I don't think that was him, and I think that was the Nola Sport car of Jason Hart, the number 47, not in its usual multicolored uh, color scheme this time around. It's in a sort of white and yellow, not actually unlike the, the, uh, the car, one or two of the cars around it. But that has dropped Matt Plum at least a position, possibly a couple. Maybe Kyle Marcelli went through with the green and white number 877 JG Wentworth racing car as well. This is great stuff, isn't it? Tremendous battle in there. But uh, as you said, you, you mentioned the uh, Riley Motorsports Toyota there, car number 14, running in fourth position. He's managed to get past Nate Stacey last time around in that number uh, 60 Mustang. Uh, Tiago Camilo has taken over from Alfredo Nadri in that, uh, that the lone Toyota in the race this weekend because we're not, we don't, this, generally the sister car, uh, number 21, is not here this weekend. They've had uh, various crashes this season they ran out of parts there i believe but uh, uh tiago camilo from brazil uh, very uh, a veteran stock car 
stock car Brazil driver, a lot of success there. And yet he's had some third place finishes in this championship as well. And that Toyota is right in that mix there. So at the moment it's Porsche, then Mr. and then and he's pulling away. Stephen McAuley is long gone. Uh, but then everybody else, we've got Mercedes, Porsche, Toyota, Ford, Aston Martin, Chevrolet, uh, six different manufacturers in the top six of that big train behind. Liddell going side by side with Nate Stacey and goes through. That's Robin Liddell up to sixth position now. Or is he in fifth, actually? He's just lost the place, actually. He's lost the place, then gained one back. Inman. Yeah. Yeah. Hinman's gone through and then he's just gone back by Nate Stacey so lost one, gained one there so that makes makes uh, Trent Hinman I think up to 5th and Robert Liddell back up to 6th uh, both of them having got ahead of Nate Stacey yeah. in the court motorsports number 60 car, need to get another look at that when they come past us on the start finish straight, meantime in TCR Stephen Simpson for Michael Johnson racing leads in the 54 car by all of three and a half tenths from Mark Wilkins to Brian Hurd at Autosport, that number 33 car always near the sharp end of the field, third is John Morley for Road Shagger Racing once again, Gavin Ernstone who started that car, has kept his cool, kept his position, kept the wheels pointing in the right direction and he's up into third also moving up now, Trent Hinman in the GS category, up to fourth now, having just disposed of Thiago Camilo for Riley Motorsports the Toyota with a little bit of damage on the rear valance of that car and they're all stuck in behind Kenny Marillo, Stephen McAleer has checked out five seconds down the road, he's on the start finish straight coming to the line now as the rest of them come round the final corner big defensive manoeuvre to the right hand side of the start finish straight by Kenny Marillo sweeping to the outside the BMW trying to get the lap back and all of this Jeremy Shaw allowing Stephen McAleer to drive away and because we've had the full course yellow the next car he's going to pass is Carl Whitmer who's just come out the pits in the Victor Gonzalez Honda Civic and he is he's actually almost half a lap ahead of the leader of the race in GS yeah so you know this is a fascinating race uh, unfolding here you just talked briefly about the uh, yeah he just just gone hasn't he Stephen McAleer taking advantage Brilliant. of this fighting uh, the good news is for the rest of the pack as uh, Trent Hinman then makes a move into West Bend to move into uh, what will be second position now then ahead of uh, Kenny Murillo the lapped car ahead of him uh, it's going to try and make up the ground to Stephen McAleer, but I think that's a forlorn hope. Uh, the, uh, in TCR, by the way, it was a great pit stop by the number 61 road team. Jason Hart in the pits. Jason Hart in the pits from the top six in the number 47 Nola Sport car. It's his third time into the pit lane with exactly an hour to go. They're rolling the dice here, Jeremy, aren't they? They're going to try and make it from here, make your first pit stop only. Shea Adam is watching this. What tricky... What tricky pit strategy is this shit, Adam? Oh, it's not paying off for him, John. The refueler was done about 15, now 20 seconds before the tire change was done. They did left sides only, and now the car is rolling away once again. And it has started a domino effect, as we expected. People are starting to clamber up onto the pit wall to try and cover them off. It may not have cost them as much time because they wouldn't have had that much room in the tank, Jeremy, to put VP Racing Fuel into it. 
true that. So, uh, yeah, curious that it should have taken uh, so long so long to get that pit stop completed. But uh, all this battling farther down the field, there's Carl Marcelli trying to make a, a run there. Up into fourth position then. Oh, actually, challenging for third. Through to third place now is Carl Marcelli. Wow, what a charge uh, he has made since uh, the restart. Took took the restart in the 12th, 12th. position. Yeah. And, and now up to... Uh, I think that's third place for uh, for Carl Marcelli. That's at number 877. Wow, what a charge from him. Remember, that was the lead of the three Mustangs when that accident occurred that brought out the full-course yellow. A bit of bodywork or some kind of a part of the car that was thrown up there into West Bend. And whether that was from one of the cars or it was flicked up. Robert Liddell now bottled up behind Kenny Marillo, who's gone over an hour, and Liddell's into the pit. Liddell is into the pit lane, so this is going to be, I'm guessing, this is brimful of VP Racing fuel share and possibly tyres, but maybe not. It's not that long since that car's been in. Yeah, let's keep an eye on the tire changers and see if they come over the wall. Yes, at the very least, a left front. They are refueling the car as well. I think they're only doing left sides. As I see two sticker Michelins going out. Interesting that when the 6014 GM Porsche came in, it was not Owen Trinkler getting out of the car, and they did right side tires only. Still waiting on fuel and tire change for Rebel Rock. Wow, fueling is done. Car drops up here, Jack, and Robin leaves. That was almost three seconds lost, which is nothing when you're talking about this track. Well, he's given up track position to get the fuel on to run to the end, and we've seen that car can be particularly abstemious in its use of fuel Jeremy I think back to to Sebring when he, I think he was on the fumes to get to the end of the race at the front Stephen McAleer leads by 4.3 seconds there's 56 and a half minutes to go Jeremy yeah so uh, it's that's an interesting strategy by that team they're going to lose the track position probably they've, they've I think fallen a lap behind the the race leader wait and see whether, whether that's true or not but I would imagine probably so um, where is the camera oh, maybe not uh, I have to wait and see until they come around one more time but uh, yeah you know, they, they can get to the end from here particularly as any full course course Janelle will alleviate any concerns Camaro's crossing the line now leader crossing the line now so he is in front of, of Stephen McAleer so he stayed on the lead lap albeit having dropped down in terms of position to 25th behind pretty much all of the TCRs uh, and down into 15th place in GS. The top 12 are all GS cars, then it's the TCR battle uh, and uh, then those that have stopped early in GS, which are led, I reckon, by Billy Johnson in the 59 car. I reckon he's trying to fuel to the end and go from here. I think that's the first car that's trying to do that. Uh, and that is the car. Well, the 47 was the first one, but uh, yeah, then the 64 and Sorry, 71. Sorry, in, in terms of the, of the rundown on the track, Billy Johnson is the first car in the in the rundown in 23rd position in 14th in GS. The 47 cars behind him and Owen Trinkler and uh, and Robert Liddell as well. So it hasn't Sorry. worked for the 47 of Jason Hart. It just goes across the line. Now, I should have said the highest place car. Spin for Team TGM and a masterful piece of avoidance from one of the Murillo cars coming down the hill. Got a little tap. Now, that is everybody heading into the pits, I would think. 
and there's damage to the front of that TGM car. It's been into the wall on driver's right, just under the bridge, the Haggerty Bridge. Race control waiting to see if Matt Plum can get that car going. It is the 46 car. It was the better placed of the two TGM machines. Took over from Hugh Plum earlier on. Yellow flags are out. Full course yellow. This is absolutely brilliant for Kenny Marillo. Uh, let's go to Shea Adam, who's already had a couple of stops before even we had the yellow flags come out. The pits, of course, now are closed, Shea. Who got in first? The first guy to leave the pits was Tyler McQuarrie in the 93 Carbon Porsche. He was followed out by Robbie Foley with four new tires on the Turner Motorsport BMW. We then had the number one TCR machine, Michael Lewis, get two new tires and fuel and Mikey Taylor of the 17 Audi. They came in at fuel and tires as well. We've got a smoking Murillo car coming into the pit lane. I'll tell you about that in a second as I keep an eye on it. It's one with the black down the nose. Oh, no, that's Eric Foss's car. Our second in championship and a lot of white smoke coming out. Out from that car, they are I, doing. I, I think he clipped. First. I think he clipped. I think that was the car that clipped and started the incident for the plum car, just coming under the bridge. He was the car directly behind it, and I reckon Eric Foss just coming He's through out, a big John. bend. He got on the throttle uh, a little bit early, and he just yeah he did clip the back of the car right under the Haggerty Bridge here. So that car will have uh, damage to the, the radiator, possibly. Yeah, he's gotten out of the car and climbed back over the wall, so Eric Foss stayed done for the car that won here last year and won the last race. Uh, the only other car we had into the pits, uh, very much of no, Michael McCann brought the number eight and handed it over to Andrew Davis. Fuel, tires, and a fresh Andrew Davis. That's going to be a car to watch. Well, Jeremy Shaw, what a, what a piece of timing. Bad news for one of the Murillo cars. The the leading car that hadn't stopped, Kenny Marillo, will get his stop. And the third car actually only just missed the spinning TGM car coming down the hill. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, there were two, as you say, two Marillo cars right in that mix there. And I think uh, Eric Foster, a little bit unfortunate, but not nearly as unfortunate uh, as, uh, as, he, as Matt Plum there, because uh, that was a big impact that, uh, that he suffered. And... Um, he was kind of the, you know, he was the, the meat in the sandwich, wasn't he? And, and, and that meat was just spat out as they came toward the bridge. Uh, a big shunt there for, for Matt Plum. And that's just really unfortunate. He's, He's uh, out of the car, Jeremy, by the had, way, we yeah, should say that. Yeah. They've had uh, not, not, no luck at all this season. Let's have a look again. He was I think, challenging yeah, the 72 car. Which was a bit slow out of the corner, then trying to defend from the number uh, 56 car. Yeah, and he got he got turned around by the 56, and all four Michelin tyres off the ground at one stage as he went into the guardrail on the left-hand side. Uh, yeah, very very I close mean, to Eric, Eric Foss had Eric Foss had a choice to make there. He, he could have lifted off, yeah, um, or or kept his foot in it, and he clearly kept his foot in it there. Um, and uh, you know. I'm Eric, not sure Eric's not, Eric's, no, Eric, Eric is not a, a dirty driver at all. Um, he was he was trying to take advantage there, but he has caused that incident. I think if that car came back out, it would get a penalty. Uh, if I'm if I'm brutally honest there, um, no disrespect to, to Eric, but as you said, Jeremy, there was a choice to be made. People were backing up in front of him. He got on the power early, and he was he was looking down the right hand side of the road, but he he didn't have a full car's width there. 
and he was into the back of that TGM machine. Uh, let me just run through who stopped just before that yellow flag came out. There were three uh, GS cars and two TCRs. The number eight Michael McCann Porsche came in. The 96 Turner BMW came in. The number 93 Tyler Macquarie car came in. That's the car Which is a lap down. Right, they've all, they've all come in. And in GS, Mikey Taylor came in in the number 17. And Michael Lewis came in in the number one car. And they got in just before the pits were closed for that incident. So they've done their pit stop. And they will not need to come in again uh, during this pit stop. Unless they feel the need to top off. But with... 50 minutes to go. I'm not sure that'll be the case. Certainly not for the TCR car, Jeremy. Uh, indeed not. Uh, so, yeah, they can certainly get to the end uh, from there. Um, I would have thought they would have been close to do it in any case, to be perfectly honest. So, curious to know why they would uh, have needed to come in there, because this is going to be a fairly lengthy caution period. So, I would imagine that the TCR cars really wouldn't have had any difficulty getting to the end from here. So, curious to know why the number one car chose to come into the pits to make that stop at that juncture. Leader about to come in the pit lane is in the pit lane. Shea Adam is down there as Stephen McAleer comes in to make what should be the last stop for the leading Porsche. He's given up the lead and Kyle Marcelli for JG Wentworth and the Mustang 877 goes to the, goes to the lead, Shea. I've got Stephen McAleer in for fuel only. Trent Hinman is getting fuel and tires. This is interesting. Uh, Trent versus Stephen. That'll be fun. Uh, Tiago Camilo is in left side tires going on to the Toyota, the number 14. And further down the pit lane, we have the number 60. That is Nate Stacy fuel and tires for the Mustang. Driver change down at hard point with Nick Galante getting out and Sean McAllister taking over. Fuel and tires there as well. And Kenny Marillo finally vacating that 72 Mercedes. It is Christian Simchak's turn to play. Fuel and four new tires for the 72 Mercedes. Um, far be it from me to ever second guess uh, any of the teams here, and particularly not uh, as team as good as RS1 who have won, so, won so many races. Stephen McAleer was held there at the end of the pit lane uh, because the line of cars was coming through. They had time to put left side tyres on that car. All the cars behind him that took left side tyres are basically sitting in exactly the same place as they would have been if RS1 had taken left side tyres as well. Maybe Stephen just likes the balance of the car, So, but I'm just putting that out there. They had the opportunity uh, to do that, Jeremy, as they went out. But Carl Marcelli now leads the race in the green and white 877 Mustang. Indeed he does, uh, but uh, does he have enough fuel to get to the end? Um, that's certainly going to be a stretch, I, I think, uh, for him. So... Uh, all the TCR cars are coming in. Okay, fair enough. So they, they did need to stop from that. A little bit surprised, but um, okay. I mean, we went green with, what was it, an hour and, oh, was it an hour and 11 to go, wasn't it? So, yeah, okay. They, they could do around about an hour, but uh, this is going to be a fairly lengthy course. Yes. So it certainly would have been tight for TCRs. And... Um, if there's another full course caution, it would alleviate those those problems, I think. But uh, most of them elected not to take that gamble. Um, uh, but uh, with the exception of Road Shagger Racing, car number 61 car then stays out. Uh, the number 654 was leading the class. He'd taken uh, Michael Simp, uh, Stephen Simpson, excuse me, had taken the lead uh, from the number 33 of... of um, 
Mark Wilkins shortly after the restart and was leading the class prior to making this pit stop. Thanks, Jeremy. The 56 Mercedes being pushed away. I have to say that that car, second in the championship, which started that incident with a little tap on the back of the Hugh Plum, uh, Matt Plum car, excuse me, Team TGM car, um, and that, that is under review, that it doesn't look damaged at all. So I'm not sure what it was, but it must be serious. I wondered if it was radiator damage, but there seems not to be any real percussive damage, Jeremy, on the front of that that uh, orange and black and white number 56 AMG. Yeah, curious um, what happened there. Um, I'm sure we'll try and find out, but in the meantime... More damage to those barriers on the uh, before the bridge. Having some barrier repairs done at the moment. That's uh, what's holding us up just a wee bit. So there was one ding going into West Bend and then a much bigger one coming out that sent the TGM car spearing off to the right and really unabated speed at unabated speed made contact spinning back across the road backwards uh, and the what was the third of the Marilla racing cars Christian Simchak's number 72 car just managing to avoid it no that was, was that I think that was six no that was Brent Mosing I think okay right. Tim Probert excuse me Tim yeah Tim it was you're right absolutely so who's now in second place, by the way. Yes. Uh, so he that, that avoidance was masterful. Um, so Marcelli and Probert, who didn't stop at that at this one. Uh, then Mike Skeen. He's only been in the pits once in that Mercedes. So it's Mustang, Mercedes, Mercedes, 877-65 and 55. The FCP Eurocar in third position. Now, Mike Skeen, uh, remember, uh, he was last into the pits when, Jeremy? Because he hasn't just come into the pits. That's how he's got that position. So 55 he, car, that was lasted under the, uh, under under the, the caution, previous, I think. Under the previous caution. So he's been yeah. out there, um, what, 29 laps now. Yeah. So he will have to stop again. Um even yeah. under safety car, uh, things go by pretty quickly here. But it's still an hour, uh, still 43, 44 minutes to go. Uh, Dylan McAvern into the pit lane, and Shea Adam is watching the Turner Motorsport pit stop. Bill Oberlin has been so patient today waiting for his turn to drive this car, and he's going to make minimum drive time by, oh, about two and a half minutes for this race. They are doing fuel and four tires for the Turner BMW. This is car at number 95, as opposed to 96, which is already out on the circuit. These look like scrubbed Michelins. They have done the left sides, told Bill to fire it up. The fueling is done, and he is sent on his way. The other car of interest that we had down the pit lane was the number 77, Brian Herta Autosports Hyundai. That one claimed and took with it one of the Michelin RFID reader merge signs and that had come back in on its front grill covering everything entirely so it had to come back into the pit lane to stop in a safe place and uh, to hand that back to Michelin with the I'm sorry guys I didn't mean to look on its face 
Hello it's going to be expensive. Yeah, very expensive. Hello to Jerry C, who's joining us from Florida. Just a little clip of the number 28 car. Whilst it was being fuelled, that's the car that was the leader for RS1 by the incoming number 14, Riley Motorsports Toyota. Just uh, clip the left-hand side as it was coming in there as the final whereby is about to happen and will reorder the GS cars to the front of the field, Jeremy. Indeed so. So uh, it will be, uh, I think, the the number 95 car, by the way, is back out onto the lead, back on the lead lap, I believe. Yeah, just stopped, uh, yeah. But uh, whether you'll have time to uh, to get back up into position, so to speak, I don't know. But that was certainly a really good run there, having had that early problem for... Uh, Dylan McEvoy they had the uh, puncture very early in the race had to come in and make a unscheduled stop and went a lap down to the field uh, and now finally they've got that lap back so that car's going to be contention we're going to have I think 15 GS cars on the lead lap and then well, a massive train of cars in TCR as yeah, well and, and he is going to be on the back of the GS cars because they will reorder the GS cars to the front won't they so at the moment he's right on the end of everybody in terms of his running position on the road. He's just coming into the uphill chicane now. That's Bill Oblum we're talking about in the number 95 turn of BMW. The leader is coming into Big Bend. Um, actually, Oblum just coming down into turn seven, excuse me. Uh, looking at the wrong part of my track map uh, for the tracker. Uh, but he should be able to cycle through to the back of the GS group because we're nowhere near getting back under green. We've still got course vehicles working on the barriers on both sides of the track uh, and by the way opportunity under yellow as we always do here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV to say thank you to all of our marshals corner workers track services as well as our medical and volunteer officials including those who've helped park cars here this weekend stamp tickets point people in the right direction all the volunteers without whom professional motorsport can't happen. We thank you sincerely for giving the most precious gift you've got, your time. Dedicated band that allows us to go motor racing and allows us and you, the motorsport enthusiast public, to enjoy our sport. Thank you all, ladies and gentlemen. And to you for turning up here this weekend as well. Good to have you back in big numbers here. Shortened weekend as ever with the Friday, Saturday running. Uh, we're going to have at least a couple more laps, I think, Jeremy, before we go back to green. So there'll be some frantic slide rule action. That'll be calculator and spreadsheet nowadays, won't it? Uh, on the pit lane about how much fuel is there. And they'll be asking their drivers, what's your fuel number? What's your fuel number? There'll be a few people wanting to know whether they can go all the way from here. Yeah, they will. And uh, you certainly, I think you know, the best placed cars here would be the number 71 and number 47 uh, in terms of fuel. They both made a pit stop before, well before, you know, three or four laps before the caution came out. So they're certainly a good to go. Uh, uh, with a full-on boogie, full, full, yeah, no fuel save required there. And number 71 car, that's the car Robin Liddell set the fastest lap in the uh, first practice session of the weekend on uh, yesterday morning. So we know that car is fast. Jason Hart also uh, in that number 47 car. He was the first 
of the GS cars to come in to make a pit stop with around about uh, an hour to go. Uh, and uh, I think because of that, uh, and because of this lengthy caution bit, he should be good to go from there as well. So behind him is, is uh, Stephen McAleer, the number 28 car. That's the car that's led most of this race. Uh, and then the and and uh, clearly has a, a very very fast car. Had a spin under yellow by the purple. Oh, when the spin are coming together. Oh, this is terrible oh, news for Luca Mars for Core Motorsport uh, in the number 60. Big damage to the right front. Now is that just give, given up, or did he come together with the hard point Porsche of Sean McAllister? That's it's the West Bend area, uh, and. That very damaged race for RP, number 60 Mustang, is in the pit lane with substantial right front suspension damage. That car's done. Meantime, the number 22 is running again uh, and looks like there's damage to the rear end of that car on the left-hand side. Yep. Has there been some weaving around and something's happened there? Is that car coming in to the pit lane as well? Yes, it is. She, you're going to have two cars there. And I don't think the number 60 is going back out again. And the best oh, part is, John, their are. pit boxes are right next to each other. So it never fails. Uh, but yes, the two cars, which are damaged, are both now sitting forlornly in their pit boxes. There's a bit more uh, kicking of the tires going on at Hardpoint and a bit more work, or at least attempt work, from uh Dean's guys down at core, but it looks like both cars are going to be staying here for the uh, foreseeable future. Good news is drivers don't have to go too far to uh, have a conversation with each other. Oh, that's going to be embarrassing. Mm. We yeah, we the youngster, mm. Luca Mars, just 16 years of age from uh, Sir Wickley, Pennsylvania. He's been uh, super fast in the races this season. Made, made a couple of miscues here and there, including one in the pit lane at Sebring, but uh, he's certainly fast. Got a big, bright future ahead of him, I think. But unfortunately, those two seem to have made some contact there, and it's really heavy. A lot of damage on that right front, as you say, John. Uh, it, would, it would suggest to me that either the hardpoint car's been waving left and right, and on the left jink, on the left zig, it's hit the right zag from the the 60 car or quite simply the 60 car has just come up at speed and misjudged what was going on ahead of it but both drivers are out and I think both of those cars are out of the race final wave by uh, is complete shit Adam is watching uh, those two in the pit lane and they are pitted right next to each other the purple and white 22 and the white black and almost martini stripes in the number 60 uh, two unhappy garages shit very much so. Uh, there is one car in between them, so I, I was not correct on that. Um, but they are trying to duct tape the Mustang to hold the splitter up enough so that Luca Mars can continue in the race because the suspension looks all right enough to make it through for the uh, Ford. But Luca is still behind the wheel of that car. Sean McAllister, on the other hand, in the Porsche has gotten out, left his helmet on and looks quite uh, disconsolate at this point, very confused as to what happened. But the problem is that they have IMSA officials standing around this Ford, and that splitter does not look like it wants to stay in place. Oh, and now they have a baseball bat as well. So for Core, Excellent. this is going to be a bit of a lengthy stop, if indeed they can't get it fixed enough to go back out on track. Ah, yes. Yeah. Took the uh, Louis Will slugger slug to both headlights. Uh, there's and a song already a couple of laps down, John, yeah. so uh, you're out of contention now. Uh, so that's uh, two more cars. So, so just 11 GS cars now on the lead lap. Uh, 12, make that 12, because Bill Oblin's just come in to make uh, a pit stop in number 90, 
five car. Um, did he? Maybe he needed a splash. Um, no, he was only in a couple of laps ago, wasn't he? So I'm curious to know when the 95 car came in again just now for Bill Oblin. Maybe it's to take on tyres. Don't know, but uh, going to be interesting to see Bill Oblin, who's going to be right behind his teammate Robbie Foley for the restart here. They're running though in the 11th and 12th places. The two two tournaments of what BMW's home track, of course, for that uh, northeast-based team. Yeah, that is. Uh, I'm not sure that car is going to be uh, going back out. I think it might just be going behind the wall. Uh, there'd been substantial contact uh, even before those two cars got to the turning point uh, at Turn 6 West Bend, which had cl quite clearly uh, caused the damage to the right front. Uh, Nick Damon, by the way, can now add to his essential bits for pit stops. So I think we're going back to green here. Yeah, we are. Uh, as well as a £10 lump hammer, some racer tape, mobile phone, light, and tie wraps. A baseball bat. I like that. That needs to go in the essential bits. 33 and a half minutes to go. Kyle Marcelli then leading out. He's taken the green flag in the green and white Mustang. It's Mercedes AMG GT4 in second for Barillo Racing in the orange and white car. Then Mercedes in there as well. Rebel Rock Racing with the Camaro. Robin Liddell just trying to make his way through the traffic at the moment, Nola Sport with Jason Hart uh, was in there, yes he is, the 47 you've seen the yellow and right, uh, white car through the uphill, Tim Prober just slightly holding one or two people back at the moment Marcelli leading Prober's been passed by Liddell and Mike Skeen and Jason Hart at least, Stephen McAleer is not too far away there from there either but out front, Kyle Marcelli's got a cracking jump on everybody else, and it's four seconds. Make that five seconds ahead at the line. That's just dropped back actually to 2.8. Timing just catching up with Mike Skeen as he went across the line. Yeah, and for, for uh, the, the veteran driver there, Tim Probert, uh, this is his 100th start this weekend in this championship for Tim from Houston, Texas these days, or originally from the UK. Did a brilliant job last time out at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Qualified in the, in the top five, I think he did overall. Amazing performance there. Uh, and uh, having another good, was having, is, is having another good run here. But uh, you know, he'd be anxious not to get in the way of those guys going for the championship here, that's for sure. Yeah, there was a bit of contact, wasn't there? Yeah, the 14... Supra coming in the Riley car and just clipping the left front as the they came in for their pit stop under the yellow. Stephen McAleer was already that just served the a penalty then. Uh, that was Thiago Camilo who had to serve the penalty for yeah. uh, the pit lane incident. Drive through also for car number two, Ryan Norman, in his Brian Hurt uh, Elantra. That he is a lap down. That was for speeding, and we're still. The Marillo Racing and TGM has been reviewed that caused the yellow. No action on that from the uh, from the race control. And inconclusive for the incident between the Mustang and the number 22 Porsche. So those we're up to date now with uh, what's been going on at race control. We have 31 minutes to go to... BMW side by side.
through West Bend and coming down in the final corner. These are the two Turner cars, 95 and 96. Robbie Foley and Bill Orbelin, very respectful of each other, but they will be trying to move forward from their sixth and seventh positions. Uh, eighth and ninth, I think, but they're still they're making up a lot of ground. I mean, they've made up three positions already uh, at the restart. So uh, in the meantime, Mike Skeen, he's got his hands full here with Robin Liddell and Jason Hart. Uh, Mercedes Chevrolet Ford absolutely knows the tail going through the uh, the right end of there onto the onto No Name Straight and heading toward the uphill. And not far behind them is Billy Johnson in caliber 59. That's the remaining Ford Mustang for Ford Motorsports. And then the championship leader, Trent Hinman, in sixth position in car number seven. Robin Liddell to the inside at West Bend. And that is for position. Liddell getting the hurry up. And Liddell in this kind of mood is a wonderful thing to watch. By the way, John Morley for Rudd Shagger Racing is leading TCR, the number 61 Audi. That's been a super pit stop sequence for them. Gavin doing his bit earlier on. Gavin Ernst on doing his bit early on in the race. But John following it up and the team backing them up. One, two, three across the track and a big sideways slide by Billy Johnson. That's not going to hold the position as Mike Ski comes up the inside through the left-hander. But that puts him on the outside for the right-hander, which comes next on the Nordnam Street. And right in there, Trent Hinman is, is in behind them. It's too wide and too deep coming into the uphill my goodness me that was Johnson, Skeen Jason Hart and Trent Hinman all at it this has really come alive here with 29 minutes to go <laughs> it really has hasn't it it's the same in, uh, in TCR as well John Morley leads yes but he's got a train of about 7 cars right on his bumper so some tremendous battling here what a great run it is uh, for Billy Johnson uh, looking to, to have a good run here. He's taken over that car from Bob McCallion, of course. And Billy, yeah, one of the more experienced drivers in this field and certainly one of the most successful coming into this weekend. He's had uh, an equal number of, of uh, wins in this championship, 23 with Matt Plum, of course, who was involved in that incident with, well, with uh, uh, earlier on in this race. And he's had 49 podium finishes as Billy Johnson. He's in position now to get number 50. Finally, it's been a long time. Very long time. Been sitting on that stat for a wee while, haven't we, Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, for for that one. And with the opportunity here at the moment. So, 28 minutes on the nose to go. Robin Liddell, make a note of this. 4.7 seconds, the gap between first and second. And Liddell trying to make some ground on the leader. 8.77 leads it. That's Carl Marcelli for JG Wentworth Racing. Then Liddell, then Billy Johnson. And a second back to Mike Skeen, Trent Hinman, Jason Hart, Bill Oberlin, Stephen McAleer. Just about at the second further back in eighth. Then Robbie Foley dropping back a wee bit. Christian Simchak makes up the top ten for Murillo. And still two Marillo racing cars, by the way, in the top 11, 72 and 65. Simchak and uh, Tim Probit. Yeah, but in uh, 11. indeed, but uh, but uh, Bill Oblin's just passed Stephen McAleer, the car that's wow. dominated this race. So he is absolutely charging there. McAleer didn't take tyres, remember, Jeremy. Only fuel uh, on that RS1 car when they came in 
to top off. Every, every, everybody else uh, took tyres, and Shea was going to give us the answer for that, and then things uh, kicked off elsewhere. Shea, what was the thinking there between RS1? Because they actually got held. I remember seeing it. They got held at the end of pit lane, so they could have put at least left-side tyres on that car. Yeah, John, sorry about that. I forgot completely my bad. Um, I walked down to find out if they had perhaps run out of new tires, and they have a set of four sticker Michelins up on the wall. Steven is happy with the balance of the car and the way it's driving, and they were happier to let him go and do his thing on the tires that he was already on, thinking that the new tire advantage would wear off fairly quickly, and that Steven, well, Steven's kind of good. Uh, yes. Well, that was what I speculated uh, yeah. at, this, at the Struggling start. Now, though. Yeah, he really is, Jeremy. The pace of this race has picked... Uh, right up, Billy Johnson to well, his fastest middle sector of the race. And two big penalties for improper wave by cars that, in fairness, are not in the mix. But Carl Whitmer in the number 99, Victor Gonzalez racing a stop. And one minute 51 seconds for improper wave by. Also, car number two, which is already off the lead lap, Ryan Norman for Brian Herter. Autosport, they're already in the pit lane. That's a stop and 151 as well. Improper wave buys, basically, you get it's effectively a couple of laps, isn't it, that you're going to get penalised there. And that's what's happened. Yeah, because uh, by taking that wave around, you, you gain a lap uh, effectively. And uh, this this battle in TCR, it's getting to, to, to blows there between two of the uh, Brown Herders Autosport cars. And we've got basically now an 11 car battle for the lead in TCR, though I think that. Uh, tire rub there for it's the number one car that is the third place Ooh. car of michael lewis championship leader championship leader has had contact and that car had bodywork rubbing on the left rear michelin now has that just popped out or has another bit of contact popped it away from the tire or the worst thing is has it rubbed through the tire and put a groove into it but certainly that number one car was uh, throwing a huge amount of tire smoke out uh, and has dropped back quite a long way. So what happened? It was the 15 that ran into it. It's the Bell Garden Technicale Audi, Denny Dupont, who hit that car. And that car, I think, may have to come in the pit lane. That car, sorry, being the number one that I was talking about before. Yeah. And that was a big hit going through the left-handed corner at the first part of the S's in the early part of the lap, Jeremy. Uh, and in the meantime there, a new leader in TCR, Mikey Taylor, has got past John Morley, so now leads the class. Uh, those two both running uh, out, we've actually got Audi 1-2-3 at the moment, with uh, Denny Dupont up into third position. And that the two sequential cars, and one DSG is in the 15 in third position. And that was at the exit Second now. of Big Bend Third's that the, the leads changed positions last time around, and John is uh, fighting a bit of a rear guard action at the moment, not sure if they maybe rolled the dice on tyres and that gave them the track position but they're hurting now with still 24 minutes to go near enough at the front of the field Carl Marcelli uh, it was what did we say nearly five seconds it's three seconds now for Robin Liddell took about uh, four tenths out the leader last time around yeah JG Wentworth's Mustang versus Rebel Rock Racing Camaro Mustang, Camaro, Mustang, AMG, Aston Martin, top five, all front-engine V8 muscle cars, whether from Europe or the States. That's quality stuff. 
Cool stuff. And uh, a, few, a few laps ago, five laps ago already now, uh, for two laps in succession, Carl Marcelli turned his best laps of the race in that number 877 car. But still, Robin Liddell is reducing that deficit. It was over five seconds. It's now down, as you said, to less than three between first and second. That's Carl Marcelli in number 877 and the number 71 Camaro of Robin Liddell. Uh, Billy Johnson can't quite match that pace, I think, in third position, but Mike Skeen continues just about to hold on ahead of Trent Hinman in the battle for fourth and fifth. Championship could get a bit of a shake-up here in TCR, maybe in GS as well. We've had a couple of leading lights, strike issues. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on. Good run out of the final corner. For John Morley, very good run indeed, but he's been challenged down the inside. He's gone back past the 15 of Denny Dupont, who has now nipped to the inside and retaken that position. And the Simply Vegas real estate made simple car has dropped back another couple of spots. It looks to me as though they just don't have the performance in that car in this last third of the race. So now Mikey Taylor leads from... Tyler Gonzalez, Denny Dupont in third, then John Morley. So Unitronic JDC, Van der Stur Racing, Belgarde and Technicale. So good fight back from Tyler Gonzalez. And the number 19, that is the sole yeah. veloster of the Hyundai Hordes. Very impressive run uh, by, by Tyler. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the one of the increasing number of youngsters in this field is age. Just 17 years of age from St. Cloud in Florida is Tyler. Rory Van der Stur had uh, various dramas as, as that team usually seems to do in the early stage of this race but uh, he did a good job did Rory and, and Tyler Gonzalez now up to the second position uh, that would be a, a, an excellent run what has been an excellent run for them and in third position the Belgarden Technicial race it's a small team based in, in New Jersey so uh, one of that, that team's own race here at Lime Rock Park and Denis Dupont having taken over in that car from uh, uh, Preston Brown, who drove the opening stint, just his second start in this championship from Chapel Hill in North Carolina. It's a software technician. Did a good job yeah. in that first stint. Competitive lap times he was turning. And now up into second, into third position is Denis Dupont uh, as uh, Tyler Gonzalez is closed up onto the tail now of Mikey Taylor. That's the battle for the lead in TCR. And they're right behind Tim Probert in the GS Mercedes car number 65. Marcelli then, Carl Marcelli, JG Wentworth Racing, still leading, but it's under two seconds now. The TCR battle, as ever, absolutely nip and tuck, nose and tail, tooth and nail, you name it, they've got it. <laughs> and at the moment then, the lead, a slim lead, being held by the white, yellow and black Audi through the uphill now. I think that Hyundai just has a little more pace at the moment. The Veloster just looks to be able to pick its line a little bit better. Maybe a tyre performance advantage. Maybe just a setup coming into its own as the track is rubbering in all the way through this short weekend. This, remember, only the second day. This is the final day, but the only the second day of competition here. A little bit of a defensive move into the first corner by the leader in TCR and got traffic right ahead yeah. in the shape of the number 55. It's one of the GS cars, one of the Marillo cars. 
Uh, and that car is very quick indeed in a straight line, but it looks to be holding these two up, battling for the lead in TCR. And that's, that's the right. problem, isn't it, Jeremy, when you're, you're yes. battling for the lead. And this is giving Denny Dupont a great opportunity to close in on the leaders. Yeah, that's exactly right. He has closed right in there. We've now got a three-car battle uh, for the lead in TCR with uh, Denny Dupont right in that mix. And you know, not too far back either. Stephen Simpson has got ahead of John Morley. So John Morley now in that number 61 road Traeger car found himself muscled down to fifth position in the late stages with uh, just what just less than 20 minutes to go outside inside move from the Velosta the Velosta with the two-tone blue and red stripes down the side I always look at that and think of the old Peugeot sport colours from back in the 80s and 90s and they're side by side coming through the first of the S's now into the right hander the Unitronic Audi just gets through. There's a little bit of trading of vinyl between the front bumper of the Veloster and the back of the Audi RS3. And DuPont's right there now in the blue, white and green car as they go over the brow at the uphill into the West Bend again. Now down under the Haggerty Never Stop Driving Bridge and into the final corner, turn seven, the downhill. And again, immediate move to the right-hand side by the leader in TCR, Mikey Taylor. That's fine. That's not blocking. He picks that line really early out of turn seven and basically says to Tyler Gonzalez, look, if you want to go past me in the Big Ben, do it. But you're going to have to do it on my left-hand side and go around the long way. Now they're into the spot through the S's where they get held up by the GS cars. And this is where DuPont closes right in. And in fact, right there too is the Elantra of Stephen Simpson. The yeah. 54 car has joined the party, and we've got four cars battling for only three steps of the podium in TCR. That's right, and uh, in the meantime, in the in the lead of the race, it's still Carl Marcelli. Right behind him is the lapped car. It's kind of eight. That's Andrew Davis for McCann Racing. He's second position on the road behind the Mustang, but a lap down. But right behind him now is Robin Liddell in that chasing... Uh, for, uh, excuse me, Chevrolet Camaro in the second position overall. So first and second separated by the lapped car. And Andrew Davis, he's been there pretty much since this restart. He wants to get his lap back, back. so he's not going to let Robin Liddell go through easily. Former teammates, those two know each other very, very well indeed. They explored into sight over the top of the uphill. Let's keep an eye on that as they come down to complete uh, another lap. We're just four laps away from triple digits here despite having a couple of lengthy interventions by our NSX safety car. The TCR battle continues. Who's the next car? It'll be Tyler Max in the next car that gets on the battle of the, the back of this in the 77. He's not that far away. About two seconds at the moment. But these, there's no doubt in my mind that Mikey Taylor could go quicker, Jeremy, particularly in that crucial first sector where the TCR cars are so quick. Now, this time, does he pull to the right again? He does. And, and that he's not getting any draft at all from the GS cars ahead. He's much more concerned about taking the inside line away from Tyler, Tyler Gonzalez as they go into Big Bend. 
That's right, and that's where the tricky bit is for, for Mikey Taylor there, because that's where they close right up onto the tail of Tim Probert, who himself is kind of bottled up behind uh, the uh, Stephen Cameron racing car. Gregory Leofouge is kind of struggling a bit, surprisingly, for pace here. He is a lap down, though, is Leofouge oh. in that orange and blue car. Spin right in the middle of all that was the 65 Tim Probert car from 11th. That's the Barillo machine. Uh, it's racing for Alzheimer's to end Alzheimer's car just coming on the no-name straight. He's got the car moving. We'll stay green with 15 minutes to go. And don't forget, we'll be giving you our nominations for the Michelin moment of the race, both in TCR and uh, GS. Actually, I think there was contact there. There was. There was three-car contact between the Veloster the number 17 Audi and Tim Probert. That's the car that had been holding them all up. And Tim Probert, I think getting the, the wrong end of the stick there from uh, the two cars on the inside as uh, Tyler Gonzalez was trying to make the best of the situation. Uh, and that's actually cost him the position. Denny Dupont makes it a 1-2 for Audi again in the green and blue. Belgarden Technicale car. That's a great run for Denny Dupont, you know. And that whole team. If they can hold on to that position, Gonzalez is moving again and holds on to third. Stephen Simpson still fourth. And Mikey Taylor now with a whole six-tenths of a second uh, of air lead. 14 minutes to go. And the top two... In GS, still separated by the lapped car, the number eight of Andrew Davis for McCann Racing. Yeah, and that, that, that uh, Bell Garden Technical Car, they've already had a second place finish this season out on the West Coast uh, to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So it's another br gr brilliant run for that little team there. But this battle for the lead is, is really interesting with Andrew Davis uh, kind of holding position there as a tail gunner inadvertently I'm sure for Kyle Marcelli but this is a super battle and we've now got 13 minutes remaining does that Mustang have enough fuel to get to the end that's the question yeah it's a very good point Shea Adam has been talking to the teams at the front of the battles what have you found out Shea and did you look them straight in the eye are you sure uh, Robin Liddell goes through Andrew Davis pulls uh, to one side uh, having not been able to get through, there's a little cheer uh, behind Shea Adam. Which pin are you at, Shea? Uh, I'm at Rebel Rock, as you could uh, imagine from that little cheer as that was going on. Uh, yes, the Mustang is good to make it to the end. So the JG Wentworth car can wow. go on fuel. They were going to be tight, and then the last caution gave them plus six minutes of full green flag running by their estimate. So what can oh. Robin Littell do now? Uh, Think about your nominations, Jeremy and Shea, for the Michelin moment of the race. I'm, le well, uh, the, I'm, uh, I'm uh, leading towards uh, Belgarde and Technicale in, in TCR at the moment, but we'll see what happens there. Um, GS, I feel the story's not written yet, Jeremy. We, we're looking at the side-by-side -side for the lead. The two green and white cars and Robin Liddell is in one of the Robin Liddell moods that we love to see. He's held on to the right-hand side of the track, so when he goes through the right-hander, he's going to take the lead. And the urban grid, Rebel Rock Racing Camaro, leads with 12 minutes to go. But it's yeah, not over he, yet. And he owes that entirely to his buddy there, Andrew Davies, who let him go quite clearly. I think Andrew realised he wasn't going to be able to get past, so he said, OK, buddy, off you go. You're going to have a go at Car Marcelli. Marcelli. Uh, that's what he's done. But while that battle was going on... Marcelli's back in the lead, Jeremy. Marcelli's yes, back and, in the lead. Yes, and, and look who's up. looming... And look who's looming in third position and fourth. Billy Johnson and Trent Inman, they were about uh, 
three seconds back, each of them, from the two leaders. Yeah, down the front straight again. Now, Andrew Davis needs to keep over to the right. He does. Here comes Billy Johnson. The two American muscle cars. This is a classic battle. It's Ford versus Chevrolet. Camaro versus Mustang. Two Mustangs and an Aston Martin versus the Camaro. And again, it's Liddell that goes back to the lead. Now, can he hold it on the uphill this time? He just drifted a little bit wide last time around and he has got it and he's got a car's length he's got two car's lengths now and now Liddell leads and Marcelli has to look at his a rear view mirror for Billy Johnson and Trent Hidman those cars are beginning to look very very ominous indeed if you're a fan of the 877 Mustang remember they stayed out they ruled the dice but they are plus six minutes on fuel. Billy Johnson leading on the left-hand side of that car through the downhill. The car running quite soft and really tipping over to the left-hand side. Johnson is pushing super hard, Jeremy. Yeah, fantastic, sir. A tremendous battle there. It's now for second place because Robin Liddell, I think, is going to check out from here. But that battle for second, third, of course, is ongoing, as is the battle, by the way, in TCR. Uh, I think the top five knows to tail now with Mikey Taylor just about holding on to that lead ahead of Danny Dupont and, and uh, Tyler Gonzalez and Stephen Simpson and Tyler Maxson as well. Great stuff. Tremendous racing. This is what we expect, isn't it, for John, from the Michelin Pilot Challenge. It's not disappointed today. Not at all. And that Bell Garden Technicale, both their drivers and the team have done a cracking job to make sure they were there or thereabouts. Mikey Taylor leading for Unitronic. Uh, and that car, don't forget, the Unitronic car was facing the wrong direction at one stage in the early part of the race at Turn 1. So they've used uh, guile and tactics. The downhill, the Turn 7, the downhill, the cars are full four-wheel flat drifting through that. It's absolutely magnificent. It's like turning the clock back 35, 40 years watching the, these cars through there. It's magnificent stuff. Liddell by a second and a half now. Nine minutes to go. Share, Adam, your thoughts for Michelin moment of the race in TCR and in GS. TCR for me, uh, Robert Wickens on pole, starting the race and pulling away from the rest of the field. GS, I'm going to say that pass from Liddell. <laughs> Jeremy Shaw. Uh, TCR, Michael Johnson was brilliant in the opening stages of this race. Um, I'm going to give a nod to him. Uh, and uh, and in in uh, the overall, poor oh, crikey, I think probably that, uh, that, pit, that pit strategy by number eight, 877, if they can get to the end of the race and hold on to a podium finish, ah, that would be a remarkable effort. That, that's a very good call, Joe. Yeah, and, and, and Shea's chipped in with that as well. Well, we'll, we'll keep that take that under advisement as they would say in in the courtroom but I, I like both of those and we'll make our final decisions in about seven or eight minutes time the checkered flag due in eight minutes and three seconds as this battle behind Mikey Taylor for the TCR second and third and fourth and fifth because the fifth place car is right there now Tyler Maxson I said he was a couple of seconds back in the number 77. Well, he isn't now. He's a, a couple of cars lengths back. And it's rear guard action now for the last seven and a half minutes for Denny Dupont. He's got to just keep the car in exactly the right place. This is massive, massive pressure on Denny Dupont. They've uh, 
they've tried to maximise their track position. Um, they've lost the lead now in that green and blue car. But my goodness, they're trying to hang on. Much the same, actually, for second on down in GS. Exactly the same sort of tactics being worked by the 877 team of GG Wentworth Racing. And now they've got the gathering hordes behind them with Billy Johnson, Trent Hinman and Mike Skeen's not that far back either. He's about another three and a half seconds. So keep an eye open for another, the light-coloured FCP Euro AMG. There is a lapped car between them. That's Andrew Davis, who was very fair, very honourable. Tried to get his lap back when he realised he couldn't do it. He uh, made sure he wasn't going to be an instrumental part of the battle for the lead, uh, either in a positive or a negative sense. Six and a half to go. Liddell has eased away to three seconds and uh, takes off the lead diver's boots that he had on earlier on on his right foot and puts on a nice thin-soled slipper to just coax that number 71 urban grid Rebel Rock Racing Camaro to the end of the race. Liddell in this mood is almost unstoppable. The way that he picks his opportunities. Oh, a little bit of a moment there for Billy Johnson. Got the left-hand side Michelin's on the dirt coming up over the top of the uphill. That was a moment of great car control from Billy Johnson. Trent Hinman sets the opportunity. <laughs> Marvellous. Just yeah. great commitment through turn seven, Jeremy. Brilliant. Yeah, drifted that car through the downhill there onto the front straight is Billy Johnson in third position. Here. Tremendous stuff. And uh, Trent Hinman, of course, right behind him, the championship leader. So he's uh, he, a little bit of a nudge there, I think, from uh, Billy Johnson onto the tail of Carl Marcelli going through uh, Big Ben. But Trent Hinman, look, he's got to look at the big picture here. He's going to make a move to the inside. Oh, he's not quite he, there. No, well, he is. He's, he's now. He's, yeah. I think Billy Johnson is losing traction at the rear of that Mustang that car's moving around a lot but you're right Jeremy, Hinman's got, this is, oh and there's the slippery surface or rubbish on the track flag at the top of the hill, I think that was from Johnson last time around, I, I wonder if Johnson's just got dirt on his tyres uh, after that off track uh, moment, but you've got to, if you're in that number 7 Volt Aston Martin you've got to think big picture third place points now are great and we're better than zero points if you end up in the barriers indeed so uh, absolutely right uh, but uh, for Trent Hinman there uh, that was a you know that was a uh, an interesting pass because you know, he big picture wise now his, his championship lead is going to be extended here over Eric Post of course is out of this race here and then comes. there's a big gap back to Kenny yeah, Brill and Christian Shimjak yeah here comes Trent again, he's not he's not content with that position and he's putting pressure on Kyle Marcelli. Brilliant drive by Marcelli. By the way, Denny Dupont has had to give up second position for Belgard Technisale. And Tyler Gonzalez for Van der Stur Racing Veloster is back through in the second. Been a good run from that car as well. It's the older Veloster, although running much the same underpinnings as the Elantris. That's been a good run for the number 19 car as well. Big yeah, defensive excellent. down the inside move from Gonzalez. But Trent Hinman with a bit more grip from the Volt Racing. Aston Martin goes round the outside of the Big Ben. He'll have the inside line for the left-hander. He takes second place. Now, five seconds is the gap to Robert Liddell. 
he surely can't close that back. He's already put a couple or three cars lengths uh, into Kyle Marcelli, though. Wow, really, really forceful driver from Hindman. Championship leading car. That's great confidence, isn't it, from Hindman? It really is, and uh, that's going to put him in brilliant shape in the championship. They're going to have a big lead now, heading into the final three races of the season. That's all that remains after here. We'll go to um, Road America next, and then VIR, and then, of course, the season finale at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. And that team now with this, uh, if they can maintain this position, uh, they've had now uh, uh, it's four podium finishes in the last five races. Uh, the worst finish they've had is in the season opener, at Daytona, where they finished in seventh place. So it's been a really good, consistent season for the number seven team. So into the last two and a half minutes, Kyle Marcelli still on the podium for JG Wentworth. Can they hang on to that? It would be an outstanding run if they can Meantime, in TCR, at the front of the field, Mikey Taylor has been caught by Tyler Gonzalez, and this is the battle for the lead. The yeah. lighter coloured of the Hyundai's, the Velosta, the car with one door on one side, two on the other, and the hatchback. So, yes, it does have four doors. It's legal in TCR. In behind the Liquid Molly Unitronics machine, under the Haggerty Never Stop Driving Bridge, and plunging down. Two turn seven, the final right-hander. They've got another couple of three laps to go. And again, the leader feels the need to go up the right-hand side. Across the line, big swing to the left and the cutback underneath at turn one. But, oh, he has made it. I was going to say, but the leader's parked on it. That's an outstanding manoeuvre. And the lead has changed. They've touched a couple of... Oh, my uh -oh. goodness me, this is getting all arms no, and no, elbows. No. And that is... No, that is not good driving by Tyler Gonzalez, and he's come off the worst there. Right front wheel has yeah. been damaged, oh, and the left rear. Well, he'd almost got that done there, and I'm, I'm not sure it needed to be as much hip and shoulder as it was, Jeremy. And that's a great run for Van der Stur Racing that's come to naught. Completely agree with you there. He had the pace. Uh, even if he'd lost that position again there, which he might have done, having made a brilliant move, as you described in two big bend, uh, he just had to be patient. He completely lost his cool there, did Tyler Gonzalez, and he's thrown away a potential win for Van der Stur Racing, and that's a great shame, because uh, up until then, it had been a brilliant performance by that youngster. At the front of the GS field, coming round to start the last lap, Robin Liddell will see the white flag waved on the start-finish line. The white flag is stationary around the back of the circuit for that Van der Stur racing car. Oh, Frank Depew did his bit at the beginning. Across the line to start the final mile and a half. Rebel Rock Racing. And when Robin Liddell is in that kind of mood, he is nigh-on unstoppable. He can win from the front, he can win from the back. He loves driving through the field. Always seems to find a bit of extra pace when it's needed. He can cork a car if they need to find fuel. The Scotsman from the borders has done it again. He's the Tade Pogaccia of this Michelin Pilot Challenge. He is absolutely on his game today. 
and it'll be Rebel Rock Racing who will take the victory here this weekend in the Lime Rock Park 120. Trent Hinman coming through to extend the championship lead for Vault Racing in second place and Kyle Marcelli for Gigi Wentworth Racing hanging on to third at the moment but the win goes to Rebel Rock Racing let's just watch the second and third coming across the line waiting for third Marcelli who does hold on for Wentworth Gigi Wentworth by half a second Mike Skeen was right there and it There's will be Johnson. it will be Billy Johnson has dropped back to seventh position on that last lap Jeremy yeah. JG Wentworth will take the Michelin moment of the race in the 877 for their pit lane strategy to get them onto the podium through to win TCR. Mikey Taylor for Unitronic JDC Miller Motorsport ahead of Belgard and Technicil in second. And Stephen Simpson of Michael Johnson racing in third. What a what an opening stint by Michael in that uh, start of that race and that will be the moment of the race for the 54 car so Jeremy both of your nominations get the nod for Michelin moment of the race let's get some uh, uh, let's get some uh, response from down in the pit lane uh, with Shea Adam well Frank DePew race winner again in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Lime Rock Park this place is just epic to race at and now race winner how does it feel it, it feels great I mean uh, you know last year was here for the first time, you know, struggled a bit, went off in turn one, uh, ended our race. Uh, and today, you know, I, I, I picked up a bit, but the whole point of my stint was to try to keep the car clean, try to maintain position, give a good car to Robin. And then the crew did an amazing job on the pit stops. Charlie on the perch, I mean, the call to take the two left side tires at the time that he did put us in an amazing position and then everything else played out to our favor, and then Robin can drive the wheels off the darn thing. Yes, he can. Congratulations to you both. Thanks, Shay. Oh, that's a very happy man, Frank Depew. And he did exactly the right thing at the start. Uh, great piece of uh, audio early on from Frank Depew. Uh, gives the credit to the crew, Frank, as ever. Uh, yeah. and to his teammate, very humble man, but he did his job. Uh, Frank, the pits are open, said the crew, but stay out, we're not up to time yet. Frank says, yeah, copy that. Will this be a long or a short yellow? Uh, long one, said the pits. <laughs> that was that early thing. Frank playing his part, you can't do it on your own. The car yep. was given to Robin in exactly the right shape that he needed. The pits turned them around. They played the card of what he came in just with just on an hour to go. Remember, Jeremy, and uh, they weren't the the car furthest up the standings who'd made that pit stop. But Robin somehow found his way through. Great run for Rebel Rock Racing. Tremendous run, and uh, for Frank Dupuy, he had a, a big birthday uh, only a week or so ago, so congrats to him. This is uh, win number five in the Mission Pilot Challenge for Frank. It's win number 14 for Robin Liddell. Super well-deserved, a tremendous team performance there by Rebel Rock Racing. They've had their, their challenges this season. They certainly had some, some good, strong runs. A couple of fastest laps coming into this weekend, and two fifth-place results in each of the last two races. So uh, they've been definitely trending in the right direction. Well-deserved victory for Robin in Liddell, tremendous drive. Oh, he's in good form at the moment, is Liddell. Had a good chat with him at Watkins Glen uh, one of the evenings when we were uh, both getting our evening meal and happened to be in the same place at the same time. Oh, and great, great 
uh, comradeship there. Carl Marcelli straight over from the JG Wentworth Racing 877. Uh, and to congratulate Robin, and they're both reminiscing on that battle, which at the time uh, was for the, I think was for the lead, wasn't it? Uh, and that was absolutely superb to see Jeremy down there uh, on the pit lane. Yeah, it really was. It's always good to see sportsmanship like that. And uh, I think, you know, hats off to, to all concerned there. Just to uh, recap then, it is the JG Wentworth Ford Mustang team who get the moment of the race. It wasn't a moment, but the their whole strategy. Uh, they rolled the dice a little bit, but it's paid off. They didn't get the win, but they've held on for a spot on the podium with great driving by both of their pilots and Carl Marcelli at the end of that race. And in TCR, another of Jeremy's pick, it was Michael Johnson who put them in great position early on the race. Stephen Simpson finished off for the Hyundai Elantra number 54 and they find themselves in third position. Uh, let's go to Shea Adam with Robin Liddell. Uh, Sorry, my apologies. It's uh, Mikey Taylor we're going to speak to next. Jeremy, quick look at the uh, points. Vault Racing only second here. Three three seconds adrift. But I don't think uh, Trent and uh, uh, Trent Hinman and Alan Brynjolfsson will be too disappointed. That's oh. good in terms of their championship. Um, second place always good. Second place even better when it's not one of your major championship rivals ahead of you and the guys you're fighting had bad days. Absolutely right. It's a brilliant performance really by Trent. I was uh, chatting with him this morning and he's, he was concerned about tyre wear here. He reckoned they didn't have the fastest car. That would be, uh, you look at the, the the overall lap times for each of the cars, you know, kind of borne out there, but all fairly close apart from the uh, Porsche early on in the race, which was stunning. Uh, but yeah, uh, 2,100 points even now for Alan Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman. So they came in with a 90-point edge. They will leave with a 300-point edge. Uh, you get 300 points for a third place finish, by the way, over Eric Foss, who will remain in second position. Uh, Kenny Marilla and Christian Jimjak finished eighth today, will remain in third on 16.50. And then Robin Liddell, I reckon, will move up into fourth in the points on 15.60. Just to Stephen McAleer uh, on 15.10. Uh, so James Pezik and Chad McCombie will fall back in the points table, uh, as will... Uh, as well, of Let, course, Eric Foster just lost a lot of ground. Let's head to Robin Liddell, who's with, uh, excuse me, with Mikey Taylor, who's with uh, Shea Adam. Mikey, this win has been a long time coming, and i got to say, JDC gave you a lot cleaner of a race car than it finished with, but that's what it took to win at Lime Rock, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this place is not called the Bullring for nothing. And, I mean, we were just doing all we could out there with the tyres and everything like that. And, you know, people are getting aggressive. I mean, I got hit from behind more times than I can imagine and more times I probably hit in any race ever. But we survived. And that just proves testament to the JDC guys. We've had a lot of adversity over the last couple of races with the reliability and everything. But they always do a great job. And we got this thing hooked up this weekend. And it was awesome. Congrats on finally getting that good luck you've been looking for. Thank you very much pretty uh, robust fight at the end there with Tyler Gonzalez just been having a look at a, a couple of still shots from that side-by-side -side contact uh, I'm not sure that Gonzalez had much uh, to do with the secondary contact coming out of Big Ben because the uh, the rear wheel was already broken and steering the car which I have to say I didn't notice uh, on live so I'll, I'll, I'll put that in there uh, as a bit of mitigation for Tyler 
But he certainly came out the worst there, Jeremy. I'm not sure he needed to be that forceful at that point. He pulled off a brilliant manoeuvre going into Big Bend and clearly had a car under him that was very, very quick indeed. Yeah, but coming off of that corner, you're absolutely right. What we couldn't see was that a little bit of contact coming off the corner, and that is what damaged that right rear corner on the uh, on the number uh, 19 car for Tyler Gonzalez there. So uh, the, the, the contact after that, uh, as you say, was super forceful, but that was probably as a result of that rear suspension having broken, Correct. but he probably didn't realise it until he got into uh, the next hand, you know, the left-hand corner there. So. And, and uh, race control have looked at that, and uh, there will be no further uh, action on that. In TCR, then, what does that do for the championship, Jeremy? Yeah, it'll enable uh, Taylor Hagler and Michael Lewis to extend their lead, in fact. They'll now have uh, 1950 to the 1880 of Roy Block and Tim Lewis Jr. Uh, so the championship leaders finished fifth today, whereas the second-place car finished eighth. Uh, the third place car, that is uh, Robert Wickens. He was in the uh, sixth position today, so uh, loses a little bit of ground to lead us. So at 1950 for Hagler and Lewis, uh, Roy Block and Tim Lewis Jr. on 1880, Robert Wickens on 1850, and Carrie yes, Gottsacker yeah. and Parker Chase on 1840. So still very, very close for four cars in TCR. Let's hear from the man who crossed the line first and saw the VP Racing Field checkered flag. At the head of the field, Robert Liddell for Rebel Rock Racing. What a final 15, 20 minutes. Well, Robin, we talked to Frank right as you were crossing the line. He was all excited and happy, but I can't imagine your emotion in the car at the checker, given how excited you were coming back in the pit lane after two cool-down laps. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy, really. I mean, it's been a, we've been winless for a while. We had a frustrating year last year, and, um, you know, it was, it was great to get the win. Uh, we worked really hard for this. The car's been fast of late, and Frank's been getting better and better. And again, he drove a you know a flawless stint in the opening stint, which is I told him round here especially that's absolutely what you need to do. But then I proceeded to get in the car, and every panel's bashed and dented. It's just it was a crazy carve up race. So every restart and everything, we were just knock, nose to tail, nip and tuck, three abreast, and some great guys out there that I was battling with Trent and Mike Skeen and a load of guys and Kyle there at the end. So what you guys didn't see some of what was going on back in the pack so much earlier on which was just a massive carve up but it was a very exciting race and uh, obviously we came out on top and we couldn't be happier it's not your first win but i bet you're going to remember this one for a while congrats robin thank you oh yes we saw quite uh, quite a lot uh, of that as well uh, robin liddell saying exactly what we said about frank depew thank you for being with us here at lime rock park it was jeremy shaw and me john hindorf in the haggerty global broadcast center share adam in the pit lane rebel rock racing come out on top of gs and it's unitronic jdc miller motorsport for audi in tcr tim greer was our producer and engineer up in london our thanks to charlotte and nascar productions uh, for our pictures and all of our camera operators of course here at the circuit don't go too far away super saturday continues as we go weather tech racing later this afternoon and it's live here on imsa radio and imsa tv this program is a radio show limited production for more check imsaradio.com and subscribe to imsa radio wherever you get your podcasts